have I got a story for you. Most kids being academically ineligible, which means not being able to play school sports because of too many failing grades, would be a dream-crushing disaster. But for today's guests, it's the reason he discovered his calling and started getting callbacks. But first, a word from today's sponsor, AndrePsyche.com. Wait, what? AndrePsyche.com is shut down? <gasps> You've just got to go and search on Instagram, Andre Psyche himself, to get any or all of his amazing art, music, clothing, prints, anything? You're kidding me. No, listener. It's true. AndrePsyche.com is no longer there. However, Andre Psyche is alive. Just Google him. He's got music out on Spotify. He's got Instagram. He'll respond to your messages. He is a creator extraordinaire. Also a warehouse manager, which I did not realize until tonight. So Google Andre Psyche or search Andre Psyche on Instagram and get up with my man. Check out his social media. If you need something creative with a little bit of pizzazz, he's the man for you. We are also brought to you by the Getting to Know You Pod. Yes, the podcast you are listening to. We need and appreciate your support. So if you can, take a moment right now. Push the subscribe button. Whether you're listening on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, wherever. And if you're enabled, if you're feeling it, rate and review the Getting to Know You pod, especially if you're on Apple. Can I ask for one more thing? Go to patreon.com, search getting the number two, know the letter U pod, it's all one word, and become a subscriber. We need and appreciate your support. You can subscribe to the pod for less than $2 a month, and it allows us to continue to find and grind with interesting guests that you get to know. You can also friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's all one word, getting the number two, no, the letter U, pod. And finally, we are looking for sponsors and advertisers. So if you or someone you know has a business or brand and would like to expand your market reach, consider partnering with us. We get to know people from all around the world. We're downloaded in fucking 46 countries at this point and 46 states. Maybe it's 45 countries, 46 states. So if you or someone you know are looking to get more traffic to your site, more followers on your social, more purchases of your products, more clicks on your whatever, just message us. And now, getting to know you. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough, 
getting to know you, putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. My cup of tea. On today's show, we are getting to know Dominique. Dominique was kind enough not to hang up on me as I butchered his name. Um, thank you, Dominique, for coming on the Getting to Know You pod. I appreciate you uh, taking the time, man, and answering a random message. All right. No problem. No problem. I'm happy to do it. Right. So um, I wanted to start right away, which I think is kind of cool, is you're an actor, which I didn't know when I messaged you. <laughs> and I messaged yeah, so many people because it's like buckshot. I'm just like shooting, hoping. And... I got you. And I'm super excited. Like, where do you act out of? Do you have a central base? Do you have to travel all the time? Are you like an international oh. star in Bangkok or something? I'm pretty much traveling throughout the U.S., honestly. I'm actually from um, Mississippi. Oh, no way. Okay. Actually. I'm from Mississippi, actually. But um, my career has pretty much taken me to a lot of places, a number of places, honestly, throughout the U.S., I've never been overseas acting-wise, but I'm pretty much throughout the U.S. Yeah, I've. it's so hard for me to wrap my head around. I've had a couple directors on, but I didn't get to talk to them about it because they tend to I, they tended to focus more on like the whole product and the editing where I feel like an actor, I don't know how much time it takes to put like a three-minute scene on a screen. Uh, that actually, I'm gonna say this. That's that may be a smidge above my pay grade. I actually just go in perform, and I leave that to the editors. Oh no! What I'm talking about, like when that three minutes gets on there, are we talking like hours, days? I guess I'm I'm curious what the preparation is to set up a scene. Oh, um, sometimes it could set up a scene. It could take like honestly, once you get everybody there together, like if all the actors, everybody's there. Um, it could take a couple hours to get just to set up a scene, just one scene, a couple hours. And is so, no? Go ahead. I was. I'm just wondering. Like, does that translate? Like, is there a common ratio? Like, three hours of shooting equals four minutes that the audience gets oh, to see. Yes. Sometimes it could be that. It could be like that. Yeah. Sometimes you can. Sometimes it could take you like I know some people have just taken them like at times eight to ten hours, and all they've done is just that one scene. That's insane, man. Because you got to make sure the shot's right, make sure the lighting's right, and making making sure the first of all the actors are actually there. Because sometimes you will deal with actors that aren't on necessarily, I say punctual, aren't necessarily on time. <laughs> until you got the fact of that in, and but it's, it, it's sometimes it can take a lot to just do one scene. That's a good. I didn't even think about that. Cause yeah, man, the punctuality, like one person's missing. Is it usually like yeah. the lead actor or actress? Some sometimes it can be the lead. Sometimes it can be like somebody like that they have like one to two lines. And, <laughs> um, that person, that person, like so, while if you've only got one or two lines of project, I say like this, you should be fortunate enough to get that project. So you definitely <laughs> should be there on time. But um, it, it's a process. Sometimes it can take a while. Like some, like some, like some movie scenes, like you see. Like if it's just like a little two minute scene, at some point it could it could have took like maybe I know sometimes up to twelve hours to get that one scene done. That's just crazy. It's crazy that they can flip that kind of bill, spend that kind of time. Yeah. It just doesn't yeah. seem like a good return on investment. Oh uh, yeah, I understand why you, why you would say that. Yeah, I definitely understand why you would say that. Yeah, but again, I'm 
I have no experience at all. Um, um, I, I'm wondering, how'd you get into acting? Was it always a Actually, thing like as a kid? Uh, it was something I've been doing since, I'm going to say probably eighth grade. I'm going to say eighth grade. I did, I did an eighth grade play, like a school, like a you know, random school play in eighth grade. Pretty much because I got bored. I was, I was actually playing sports at the time, and it wasn't – we were in season or whatever, and I just got bored. So <laughs> my, my English teacher told me to uh, – recommended that I try out for this play called The Outsiders, and that's based off a book. Oh, yeah, dude. By, I love that book. S.E. Yeah, it's like S.E. Hinton. It's, it's one of my favorite books, actually. Dude, um, do you – and just as a pause, do you follow S.E. Hinton on Twitter? I, I actually – I might. I actually think I might. I might. Dude, she's, I have to go check out. She's hilarious. Hilarious on Twitter. Hilarious. Yeah. Like super, super sneaky interacting with fans yeah. and is just like snide as all hell. I keep tweeting at her hoping that she'll talk to me. <laughs> see, I like people. I like people like that. But yeah. But yeah, we my uh eighth grade English teacher, we we actually read that book for it was in like our curriculum for that year. We read that book. And at the end of the year, she always does a play. Like she, she like wrote a script out, like taking stuff from the movie and stuff from the book, and incorporate it into like a, a play. And we always do it for like our parent teacher conferences every year. Oh, that's and, a cool um, idea. We put it on because um, in the eighth grade class, we put it on. And actually, uh, she she had told me that because I was I was when I was in eighth grade, I was that guy that I'm uh, I'm not gonna say I was like the red books just type person, but she was like. I want you in, I want you to audition for this play we're doing because um, and she's like, if you do it, I might give you a little extra credit or whatever. So, <laughs> so I was like, hey, I, hey, I, I mean, I had decent grades in school, but hey, you could always do better. So I want to give extra credit. Free money. So yeah, free money. <laughs> but yeah, she was like, um, there's this role I want you to do. Say, so, right, we've been reading the books. So I want you to play the role of Dallas, like the little rebel, the rebel. In the yeah. Movie. Oh man. And I was like, so I was like, okay the book and I was like okay I'm gonna go watch the movie and then I went watch the movie I went, went to like this movie we still had video stores I mean yeah. well video stores video stores are kind of going out at the time there was like 2007 maybe video stores probably pretty much kind of going out of style but our town still had a video store so I went to I watched the movie I went rented the movie and um I looked at um actor Matt Dillon's performance and I was like I mean, I see how young a lot of those actors were. I know that movie had like Tom Cruise. Oh, dude, all star cast, all star. Yeah, Patty Swayze, like Rob Lowe, people like that. Yeah, I was like, Emilio those Estevez. guys are like Emilio Estevez because I actually had saw Emilio Estevez in a movie, a movie called what was it called? Um, he was playing a cowboy. Oh, Young Guns. Young Guns. That's what it was. Yeah, you know? dude. Yeah, Emilio Estevez saw, was getting around. Ralph Macchio was in that thing. Yeah, yeah, outside, it's not young I saw guns, but yeah. outsiders. Yeah, the outsiders. Yeah, um, you know, I had almost seen. I saw Karate Kid before outsiders, so I, I knew who Rap Macho was. I was like, "That's the dude from the Karate Kid. That's the guy from Young Guns." Right. I said, "That's the guy my sister always watches the Dirty Dancing." <laughs> I said, "I said so." Um, I said those those guys are young in that movie. I, I said, "I said some of those guys are probably around like, like." They weren't my age because I'm pretty sure some of them were like in their like twenties playing teenagers. Yeah, for sure. And um, I was like, I said they was kind of young doing. I said it's like a young Tom Cruise. Like I said, I think I could do that. So I went to the audition for that play, and I did the play. And my teacher actually told me that you because they, they do it every year. She was like, "You're the best Dallas Winston I've ever had." Because I was just emulating what I saw Matt Dillon do on screen. 
<laughs> I was just pretty much emulating because I, I studied his performance. I was like, I emulated what he did on the screen. Like, and I, I showed up to school one day, like leather jacket. I bought my cousin's leather jacket, like leather jacket, because I was trying to get some care. And um, and she was like, "You're the best dally I've ever had." And then I didn't know that one of the high school theater people was was I actually the, our, our, our town does like a little theater camp every year, okay. like a theater arts camp. Yeah. And I didn't know one of the like organizers of that. Um, one of the organizers of that was actually one of my friends' mother. Was a friend of mine's mother. And he did he did all the school plays and all that from high school. And um she saw me in that and offered me like a little mini scholarship to that summer camp. And um I actually ended up not going to that because I had a family vacation, but um <laughs> I had a family vacation. I, I went to Florida that year and um at that time I hadn't been to Florida since I was like maybe eight or nine, maybe. So I went to like Walt Disney World and all that. Now I'm a huge Disney person, so I wasn't gonna pass that up. <laughs> but anyway, um, but um, my I end up going to ninth grade. I'm still playing sports and all that. And um, I hear the um, uh, I hear an announcement that there were um auditions for the fall play because our high school does we do fall plays and we do spring musicals. And I'll tell you more about the musicals in a minute. There's there's, there's some pretty funny stories about the musicals. Dude, you got to be a but, different um, type. To be that the confidence of a kid to do musicals in high school, yeah. especially like yeah. around that puberty age, I mean oh, that, yeah, that, that's definitely. that's right up there with wrestlers going out in singlets. Yeah, but but anyway, I was um I heard that they were having auditions for the fall play, and that play was like Neil Simon's The Odd Couple, oh. <laughs> and um and um after that, like, like I said, I was like. My my friends was like, oh, "Are you going to audition for that play? You did you did really good in that outsiders you did last year. Are you going to audition for that?" And at that time, I was like playing football, basketball, and all that. But I I always say fate had another pass something else for me to do because before we have we had spring like fall play auditions, I was actually sidelined in, in in sports and all that because it was some eligibility stuff. My I'm gonna say this: I was more focused on that, and I wasn't really focused on my education. You needed that extra so, credit, man. You needed someone. Yeah, you needed some gym extra credit. <laughs> I did, yeah. Well, so I was sidelined from playing sports for that year, and um, so I talked to my mom, and she was like, "Um, yeah, you won't be playing sports this year." And I, no, I asked. I said, "I asked. I was like, well, I'm gonna try for this play." And she was like, "Well, as long as you keep your grades up and all that, you can do this play." So, and I knew I, I had fun doing the outside, so I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna try for this play." So I went and auditioned for the Odd Couple, and they ended up I ended up not getting cast as one of the actual characters in it. They liked my they liked my audition so much they ended up just creating a character for me in that. I and I don't know if they was I'm not sure they're supposed to be doing that because that's like a that's like an already published play. But they liked me so much, so they they actually wrote a character for me. Can, but, can I double back? Because we actually yeah. teach the outsiders in the school that I'm in. Um, so I'm pretty yeah. familiar with it. I think I've read it every year for like almost six, seven years now. Yeah. I'm yeah. curious, did you connect with Dally? Or when you watched the movie, were you hoping to be some other character? I actually connected with Dally. He was the character I connected with. I mean, and I don't know if that was like Matt Dillon's performance of the character. But it was, and even reading the book, that character actually, I actually connected with that character because we would read it on our own time, and we'd also read some in class. I mean, you know, you know how you would read in class, and yeah. then you know, sit, sit at home for homework, you're reading at home, uh-huh. read at home. That was actually, that character, and I'm going to actually say the character of Ponyboy. Those are the two characters I actually connected with the most. 
they're so opposite. Yeah, very opposite. Yeah, and like Honey Boy, he's that like he's he's a part of the game, but he's also that like young innocent type person. And then Dallas, he's that kind of hard, hardened person, like like pretty much just giving up on life, doesn't really care if he lives or dies, that type of person. Yeah, he's supposed to be the OG of the gang. Like he's supposed yeah, he's, to be. Yeah, he's the OG. Yeah, yeah, he's supposed to be the man of the. So then, what is it about your? And I, I've spoken to you for twelve minutes, but you seem very energetic and happy and lighthearted. I am. Everybody, <laughs> tell, everybody tells me that. Like people always tell me, I'm, I'm actually a decent person to get along. But I, I try not to like. I'm very non-confrontational and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I'm always the happy-go-lucky person. Yeah, people well, always say you. They see me with a smile on my face. So. Right, dude. I can hear in the way you talk. And now I'm thinking yeah. of Dallas Winston who. Like beats up kids early on in that. Yeah. Well, doesn't beat them up, but chases them down early chases on in the movie. Out, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like shoots at cops and is getting into yeah. fistfights. Is like almost trying to like sexually assault women. And I'm, oh yeah, he definitely like dude. Some of it's kind of like oh, we read it with seventh grade over here in Delaware, and um, we get like oh man, hopefully the kids don't pick up on a little bit of this and that. Yeah. But it, it's. What did you connect with? I'm, I'm not trying to put you in the same category as like that super gangster kind of thing. But like, what did you connect with in Dally that uh, helped you in the audition to be the best Dallas Winston ever? Yeah, really, it was just like I said, I watched the movie. Like, I know I probably watched that movie like five or six times. It was like he was the type of character. He's that type of character that you you want to try to save. I mean, you know, he's going down that wrong yeah. path. You try to you want to you want to try to save. And I think that might that may have been what it was. I mean, I mean, you don't want to root for that. Like I said, he does all that horrible stuff, but in a way, you kind of can't help but feel sorry for. Him. Yeah, you understand it, right? Because he has the you whole understand. parent thing. He said he almost breaks yeah. down when he saves the boys. Yeah, he that, that, that's that's. I think that may be what, and also that that scene where he busts into the church and actually saves Pony Boy and Johnny and all that. I mean. That shows that I guess that it's kind of his human side that he's not all bad or whatever. It's the redemption. The guy, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna say it's a scale of kind of redemption, yeah. yeah. But um, but the whole shooting the cops thing and harassing women—that's that, all. Horrible. But that for that moment, that shows that he actually is kind of not all bad because he was risk, risking his life going in and saving them. Was it easy for you to act as like the tough, tough guy? It actually was. It, I'm not gonna lie to you. I actually used a lot of people because I actually knew some people that tried to be the. Try, I'm gonna say this, that try to be the tough guy. Yeah, a lot that, of those guys were on my on my football team. I actually studied how they act and actually <laughs> used that in that performance. So I was pretty much emulating them. Dude, that seems like so much awareness for an eighth grader. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I I actually when I when I actually got to high school, it was a lot of upper class like seniors told me. They always told me that I was. Very mature for my age. Yeah, right. I mean, think I would, think about what you're doing, right? You're basically studying for a role. You're prepping for a role, and then not only are you doing yeah. that through the movie, you're also have the awareness to be like, "Oh, this is the character trait." Now, who around me yeah. exhibits this character trait? How do they do it? Let me apply that. Like that. That's a lot for an eighth grader, eighth grade boy. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. I mean, because I, I always. I, I, I always see myself as I always been kind of like aware of my surroundings. Even at a younger age, I've been aware of my surroundings. Right. And like I said, I was I just use what I saw older people do and just emulate what they did. And it, I'm gonna say it got me a scholarship to the theater camp that summer. So I guess I did something right. No doubt. 
And then, man, so what was the, um, I'm not as familiar almost at all. I, I remember kind of the TV show of the odd couple. I think like one dude was yeah. sloppy, the other dude's clean. Like one dude's yeah. loose, the other guy's uptight. What was the role that got created for you in that play? It was a, actually, it was a kid. They created some character called Nick. Name was some made up character. Cause I guess cause my name is Dominique. And they, they, I have Nick in my name. So they created that character. But actually I ended up playing the character of, Roy, who was actually an actual character from the show, because one of the lead actors ended up bagging out because he, I think, was in the band and he was, there was also during band season and he wanted to focus on band. Gotcha. So they, they actually ended up giving me the role that he was supposed to be playing. So I ended up playing Roy, the account, the lead character's account. Okay. Yeah, I, I got nothing to add for the odd couple. But did you yeah. did you crush it as Roy? Like, were you oh, all actually, in? Yeah. That 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 was the role that made me. And the fact that I'm gonna say this: the fact that that they thought I was good enough to create a character for me. Yeah, that let me know right there that I actually think I could do this. I mean, this acting thing, because acting was something I always did, like in church and all that, like fun. Right. Just like, hey, I, I can remember memorize lines or whatever. But the fact that they thought I was good enough to like create a character for me that's what let, that will let me know that led me down the path like you know what i think i could be an actor because i knew i school we do like two plays each year and i said i'm gonna keep auditioning for these plays so as i go through as I, as I, I try to speed up the process as i went through high school i kept landing role after role after role with every school play can i you ask how yeah. i'm sorry to interrupt you but i'm curious how you good? my mind goes two ways one if you're a freshman and you get something created for you with upperclassmen it would almost be like them finding a 12th spot on the football team because you're just that good, yeah. right? Like, hey, man, yeah, we're yeah. just going to invent a quarter running back and that's going to be your role. Like, people would go nuts yeah. if you make varsity as a freshman. So the yeah, ego right. should be inflated. I'm wondering, though, how competitive are play tryouts in this school of yours? Like, are oh, we talking, was... like, people, tons of people getting cut? Oh, normally, a lot of people come out for those plays. I mean, and I think, from what I think, what I look at, I think they still do them in my school, too, or high school, too. But, like, I know for the odd couple auditions, I know it was a good, I'm going to say, 30 people that auditioned for that. And majority of them, and I was, like, oh, I was, like, only, like, it was only, like, four freshmen that auditioned. Yeah. And me and one of my, a good friend of mine, who's actually still a good friend of mine to this day, and ironically, his mother was a producer of it, was actually one of the producers of it. Like, they got it together. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's – he was a, he's actually talented. He actually does stand-up comedy. <laughs> he's a real talented person. I'm not going to say he got it because he's a but, but it helped. Uh, but it, I'm not going to say it didn't help. But, uh, but, yeah, we were the only two freshmen that actually got it, got roles in that production. Out of, like, four freshmen on the audition, out of, like, 30 people, the rest of me, upperclassmen, like – I'm talking about like juniors, seniors, yeah. a couple of sophomores. And but yes, knowing that I, I just knowing that they create, they, they were willing to create a role. Actually, being some rules because when you do when you do these high school plays, you got to get it signed off from the people like publishers that that put out these plays or whatever. You got to get it signed off, right? And um, and the fact that they were willing to because we, we always take these plays and then send it to the people that like the companies that sent us the books. And the fact that they were willing to write a character for me that let me know that. I actually made it to make a career out of this acting thing. So I actually did did drama in high school. I, I took drama classes in high school and um, 
like as I fast forward through my high school years, I was in pretty much every school play, school musical. Now with the musicals and all that, I'm not much of a singer. So every role I got was pretty much the non-singing role. <laughs> keep the plot going. <laughs> and just keep it going. Like, I, I, I can act and memorize lines to bring emotions for you, but don't ask me to sing. I, and I actually told a couple of the directors that were directing those projects, like, because the directors were pretty much teachers at the school too. Right. And um, I told them, I said, because we also had like choir at the school. I said, there's a reason I'm not in the school choir. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I'm very artsy and happy go lucky, but don't ask me to sing. I'm like, you want, I, I always tell them, you want the show to be good. If you have me sing, the show's not going to be good. Yeah, or I definitely should not get the solo. Maybe I'm the one of those yeah. like in the background dancing and kind of yeah. just trying to, I don't more choir ish background. <laughs> yeah, they, they're like that. Because um, I I remember like my senior year, the play we did was Beauty and the Beast. Oh, everyone was t- everyone was telling me like Dominic, you should be you should go audition for Gaston because I was I was always that like bulky because I played sports and yeah. I was always that I worked out and I was always that bulky guy. Like always- Gaston has a song. So yeah, can uh, I ask what what what's your measurements in high school? Like what's your height? What's your weight? Just for a visual. In high school, I was actually big for my age. I was um when I first got to high school, I was like five. I won't consider five six extremely tall. I'm five eight now, so oh. I haven't grown that much. I haven't grown that much. <laughs> like I said, I was uh when I played when I played sports, I played football. I was a running back, so I was a short guy. I wasn't though. I wasn't that tall six foot quarterback or nothing. I was a running. Back. Gotcha. So um, <laughs> but yeah um, I, 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 but I, I was always kind of big for my age. I was like I think I weighed maybe two. Winning something in high school, I'd say that was like ten years. I, I, I'm I actually coming up on my ten year anniversary in high school, so okay. it was like almost ten years ago. So, dude, yeah, two five six five eight two twenty. You're a you're definitely a thick dude. That's Gaston weight for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> but but it, but it wasn't like chubby. It was like more like muscle because I, I worked out. Yeah, yeah, right. Like kind of muscle. It was muscle. So and it was like you should be Gaston. And I was like, okay, you say I should be Gaston, but. I can't sing, so, um, but it was like, you look like you could be a guest on that. Like, you could act and all that. You could do the, you could do the big voice or whatever. And I, so, I went in an audition for Gaston. Oh. I didn't get Gaston. I ended up getting Cogsworth, the, the clock. <laughs> because I actually, um, I, because I actually helped somebody else audition who was auditioning for Luke, the Lumiere character. I used that British accent. Okay. And they were like, they were like, oh, your British accent is great. Because I always kind of like trying to mimic. I mean, not not to be disrespectful. I kind of like mimic people that have accents and all that. Because yeah. I, I think that I think that's just cool or whatever how they talk or whatever. I'm fascinated by like accents or whatever. Dude, it's it's so, it's amazing to be able to impersonate different. Like Robin Williams used to blow my mind how he could just flip the switch and go yeah. through like twelve different voices in a two minute span. You're like, how do you have like, that how kind do of you talent? Do, yeah. But yeah, I, I always used to emulate like British actors. So I went in not even trying to get the character Cogsworth. Um, I I did. I, I ran for Cogsworth. The, uh, the, uh, a friend of mine auditioned for LeFou, not LeFou, uh, Lumiere. Um, so I did the British accent because I had just recently watched the movie. And at that point, the Beauty and the Beast was like like kind of my era, like 94. I was like maybe two, three years old when that came out. So it was like around my time because I remember watching it as a kid. But I I went in for the audition. They was like, your accent is perfect. They was like, can you do that again? Can you come in and read for Cogsworth? 
I was, they said, we saw you for Gaston. We kind of have somebody else in mind for Gaston. Pretty much someone more taller, actually. The guy that, the guy that played Gaston was pretty much, he was like a basketball player. He was kind of tall. He also had the muscles and all that, too. Yeah, that makes sense. But he was, that was like, we have somebody else in mind for that. But coming, can you just read for Cosworth? So I did the whole British accent and all that, like older British accent. They was like, okay, thank you for that. And then, like, two days later, they posted the cast. I saw my name next to Cosworth. So I was like, okay, this is going to be difficult to do a British accent, but I was up for the challenge. So I started watching a lot of old, like, Star Trek stuff, like Patrick Stewart on Star Trek to try to nail that accent. Oh, I didn't think, I, actually, I wouldn't have thought that. For, like, the British accent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I watched Patrick Stewart on Star Trek, and I also watched some, um, I think the guy, I think Benedict Cumberbatch that just came out acting-wise, I actually saw him in a, I think it was a TV show, but I was just looking up British stuff, like, British TV shows, right. and I saw him do some TV show, and I was like, that's the accent I'm trying to go for. His, his British accent, I'm trying to go for that, so I actually got with my, um, actually my drama teacher, who was also one of the directors on that show, um, Beast. I got with her and we actually worked on the accent and actually ended up perfecting And during that performance, during those performances, everybody, it was either me or the guy that played Lumiere, they was like, you guys' accent are, accents are perfect. How do you guys do that? And I was just like, I just watched a lot of old movies and a lot of movies and I got with my teacher and we just try to perfect it. Yeah, so, so that process, are you literally like finding specific words so most people if they have an accent whatever and i'm terrible like australian accent everybody can go like good day mate and they think they yeah. sound australian but then if they have to say other words that whatever aren't mate they they can't they can't continue the accent so are you hunting like specific words specific vowel sounds yeah. or are you just playing like a minute and then repeating it playing a minute and repeating That's, the movie yeah. That, that right there. Yeah, that's what I do. I, I just I, I like try to repeat after what I just heard them say. Gotcha. And then I'll record myself and see if I sound anywhere like that. Okay. And, and that's actually kind of what I do with my acting career now. Like if I'm going for like a say like a like this is something the South. I've recently I've recently did a project where I had to have like a I'm gonna say a Midwestern type accent. So what I did with that, I um looked up a couple of Midwestern like artists or whatever and like listened to their interviews and see how they talk. And then I record myself saying what they say and see if I like compare and see if I sound like it. Is there a difference? So if you're from Mississippi, you've got more of a southern accent or yeah, southern that's southern drawl, yeah. Yeah, so then what's the difference between a Midwestern and a Southern draw? Well, Midwestern, well, not probably should use Midwestern. I probably should probably say like East Coast, but say like Boston or whatever. Because okay. I've had to do a Boston accent before too. Oh, they're, like, really? they're like Boston, like Boston or whatever. Yeah, I had <laughs> yeah. I had to do that for like one of my like one of my first like professional jobs. I had to do like a Boston type accent, dude. I've... But um, no, I'm just thinking yeah, first professional job doing of... Boston. That seems way more pressure than high school British accent for Beauty and the Beast. Oh yeah, it, it, it does. It's very, very, it's very hard. I mean, it, it's, it's something I, I I will say this. I know people always. It's like a big thing in Hollywood now. Like a lot of people always say how. People from over the pond come over and do they do American accents? Dude, fucking it's, it's, Walking it's, Dead. Like, how is Rick not American? When I found that out, like four seasons in, I'm like, are you kidding me? Rick is from England. Oh, uh, that that blew my mind too. When I found that, that, that kind of blew my mind too. Yeah, it's amazing. 
I'm like, I'm, I'm listening. To, I'm watching the show and I'm listening, listening to him talking interviews. I'm like, oh, hold on, he's from, he's from England. I'm like, I mean, he must have a great dialect coach because y'all would have never known. Nah, no, no idea. So yeah, I mean, it's um, it's hard enough, like you're saying, going from the southern America, the South to Boston and trying to pull yeah. that off. I can't imagine another country being able to pull it off. And I haven't I mean, even, even considered that. Someone like you trying just apply to different roles, the geography, and just how much, how important is the speaking and the tone, the dialect? It, it, it can get pretty, it's, it can get important at times. I say it's really, if I would say this, if the character calls for, for to have a certain accent, a certain like talk or whatever, now, a lot of times, recently, I've just had to use my actual voice because they, 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 they didn't really specify where the character was from, so uh, I got to use my actual voice. <laughs> but if, a lot of times, if if they specify where, like what is um where that person's from, that's when they gotta you gotta incorporate an accent, accent or whatever. That makes sense. Does it ever yeah. get sprung on you? Like you show up, you're thinking the character's from whatever Florida, and then they're like, "No, we kind of pictured him being from New York." Go. Or are you pretty um, much always prepared with like, hey, this is what they want? That's actually never happens. Like, well, I'm saying it hasn't happened to me yet. Okay. Mostly like during the pre-production and all that, during the table, we do table reads and all that. That's pretty much hashed out. Like normally that's kind of hashed out during the audition process. They'll tell you like, like they'll have like in the, in the script when you read for the read for the role, like where that character's from or like their okay. personality and all that. And then that's when you pretty much incorporate what you're going to incorporate. Gotcha. Man, that's, um, it, it's funny, man. It's very hard. So again, I'm a teacher and I just think of my work and my work prep of, as a teacher is finding the right section of the outsiders that I think will like yeah. interest the kids. I didn't even like, I've never considered someone's job being like figuring out how to sound like someone else oh, yeah. and showing up ready that's, to like respond that way. And, and that's actually what, what I love about acting so much. The, act, the, the, the thing about like, temporarily becoming someone else, someone that's not you. I, I guess that, they, going back to the outsiders, I guess that's what also attracted me to that character of Dallas because mm. it's so not like me at all. And just it's, it's exciting to me to get, to get to put yourself in someone else's shoes, basically. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. It's, Is it weird when you have to act in your own voice? Because then you feel like you're you and not an actor. Um, I'm not. I'm gonna say it's weird. It's um, um, at times it can be kind of like if you're playing. Say, say you're playing a character that's like like talking to your own voice or whatever. I wouldn't call it weird. I actually say it's kind of like you're just. I'll say it's really like if you're good at it, it's like having a conversation. You no, know, me and you have a conversation now. Mm -hmm. If you if you're using your actual voice and you're not actually playing like trying to sound like a character you're actually trying to sound like you it's, it just gets like me and you have a conversation right now so i wouldn't call it weird i guess in my head i'm thinking like it would be weird if i had to speak in my regular voice but be like a psychopath killer so i'm reading oh, no. um, you know so like i'm reading i got, I got um, what you're saying uh, <laughs> i get you i got you yeah I, i'm reading um you love me. So it was the Netflix special, and I can't say I don't know how to say her last name. Caroline Kneps. I, I think it's Kneps. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. I think okay. It's yeah. So I read you, um, and then um, it's been a Netflix special, which blew it up. So the third book came out, and I'm just thinking of like the dude who's playing Joe. Like you're 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 psychopathic, man. You're saying a bunch of monologues in your mind that are freaking crazy, and now yeah. when you're talking like. 
So you almost want to like separate that. I don't know if you want to go to bed at night, like putting those words in your head and having that in your subconscious, I guess is what I was thinking about. Like maybe that would be the weird part. Oh yeah, that's um that's actually that's a method we call method acting where you actually become the character even if you are using your voice. You be, this is a lot of people that do method acting. Okay. I think um Joaquin Phoenix who did Joker last last year. He's uh, one of the big method actors out there. He becomes his character like offset. Now me when I'm on set, I'll do say the lines you tell me to say. I'll do play the emotions you want me to play. But when you yell cut, I'll go back to. You. So not like staying in it, got you. No, I don't stay. I don't stay in it. Like when, when once they yell cut, I, I immediately snap back into me. So you're thinking, and um, it, th- this is interesting to me. You're thinking like when so when Joakim, when they yell cut, he just kind of stays as the Joker in that mindset while they're whatever oh, yeah. resetting, setting up the next scene. Yeah, I think I actually think from what I heard from interviews, I know he. As well as Heath Ledger and Jared Leto, other people that played that character. But what I'm going to stand from like actors on set with them was that they actually stayed in that character. Like when they they took the character home with. Because I actually heard stories about I don't I don't want to I don't know if it's true or not that that um um Heath Ledger actually would lock himself in his hotel room and don't know what he was doing in there, but he wouldn't come out until. Like it was time to him to shoot, and that's what that's what helped him get into the character. Just, some people just stay in the some people stay in the character until the product. So I'm not one of those people. I'm not I'm not a method actor. I mean, yeah. I'll say my lines and I'll do my emotions and do what the director tells me to do with the character. But when they yell cut, I'm done. I mean, they yell cut, and we go to the next scene. I keep I keep in mind what character I'm doing, but. I, that's how that's kind of how I stay in here. I keep in mind what I'm supposed to be doing, but when they yell action, I'll give you the emotions, I'll give you the lines. But when they yell cut, that's a wrap. I'm the I, I, I got to get out of I got to get out of that character. I can I never take the character home. Yeah, man. Yeah, talk about like Heath Ledger, dude. If you've got and I don't I don't know much about him. I know I know he um he died, committed suicide. Yeah, if I'm remembering correct, yeah. right? Um, and a lot of people say it's because of that. Some people say it's because of that one role he played. That, that role drove crazy. Yeah, well, like I, don't, I, I don't want to cast that aspersion on him because I, I, I never met the man. Of course, I don't know him. Per- I never knew him personally. I just know what the media says. What the media says. So. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking in my head, like, how could you, if you're on set for like 16 hours doing that, whatever, you go somewhere for like a week and you're locking yourself in a room, and then you got to let that go and hug a young child, hold a hand of your yeah. your your significant other. You know, go out to dinner and care about someone else after doing the things that that character does in the movie, the Joker. Like it, it's it's a twisted dude. It's nothing but moral oh, yeah. conflicts throughout the yeah. entire movie. And it's like, then yeah. how could you, if you want to get that deep, how would you be able to turn it off to then get back there? That's a yeah. I hadn't considered that before, man. Wow. I know. I know some actors actually they've gotten so deep into a role that they actually had to have therapy. After. They seek some type of therapy after. I've never like really. There's a lot of stories out there. Some actors say after the role was so like, I guess you would say the role was kind of, I guess so demanding and so it took a lot out of them. They actually had to get therapy to get their head right to get out of the character. I mean, they really. I mean, these are like some people like Oscar winners and all that. Like they win one awards for these characters. A lot of these, a lot of those actors say they they some of them needed therapy after. 
like diving into a role so hard. So when you say that, my mind goes, um, I, is it Cape Fear with Robert De Niro? Are you familiar with that movie at all? It, yeah, I know. What you, I know. What the, and he, and Robert De Niro is one of those method actors too. Dude, yeah, he, he really, he really gets into his roles. So I, I kind of remember Taxi Driver, right? Because it's one of those classics yeah. that everybody says you got to watch, but I don't remember it. Cape Fear, the twistedness of that dude, and just the way it was shot too, like like the visuals yeah. in the movie to me add so much to it. But I couldn't imagine being Robert De Niro and then like you go home and want to push your grandkids on the swing after trying to invade a home and like rape a young girl. You're like, how, how do you, what? what? No, actually some, some, now some actors actually isolate from their families. Like in between the months they, they are shooting. Cause a lot of times like they'll travel for these, these projects and their, their families aren't really around. Their families are back at home where they normally are and they'll travel for the roles. So a lot of a lot of actors just isolate from their families because like they don't want to because they don't want to bring the work home. If they're really going method and they're like staying in the character, like because some people did sometimes it helps them t- just becoming a character, taking a character home. It actually helps them stay in character, like taking it home with them. Like I said, I'm not I'm not one of those guys. I mean, I, I take my craft seriously, but yeah. I'm never gonna I'm not gonna go home to my family. Uh, but say I'm playing like this psychotic serial killer. I, I'll do it. When I'll, I'll get myself prepared for the role, and I'll do it. On, I'll do everything you was asking me to do for the character on set. But when, like I said, when they yell cut and I go home to my family, that character doesn't come home with me. <laughs> the character, that character does not come home with me. Yeah, um, right. It's cut for a reason. We're gonna cut it off. <laughs> you, you yell cut. That's a wrap for the day for a reason. You know what else I'm thinking, which I had not considered before, is when you read a book, it's so easy to see the character develop and understand why they're doing things. And I'm thinking of movies and I'm assuming most movies are not shot in that like timeline order. No, most stuff isn't shot in order. I mean, sometimes like the last scene of a movie can be like the very first thing they shot when production started. Right? So how hard is that jumping around a plot line or a storyline and trying to like get the different aspect of a character. Like, oh my God, now his mother just died. So I got to make sure I try to bring that emotion versus, hey, the girlfriend he just asked out said yes. So I got to bring yeah. that emotion. Like, how, how do you try no, to see, bring that? Because no, no, mostly in Hollywood, they have these things called call sheets. And mostly, you know, you know that day what you're filming that day. So they, they pretty much get you prepared to know what you're going to film that day. Okay. And say, say like on the call sheet, you have like, this big, big emotional scene or whatever, and like I said, you know, you know, you know, you, you pretty much got to bring the emotion that day. But then the call sheet for the next day, it's this, say, this club scene. You got to be all jumping and excited, so you you pretty much know what what emotions you're gonna have to play that day because you know what you're feeling that day. Gotcha. Is that how hard is that for you? N- n- not I not mean, to be like I, I don't know if that's an insulting question I don't mean it to be I know you're oh, no, an actor it, right no, like it's, not insulting act. it's not insulting at all <laughs> that just seems so difficult um, to act to to be different <laughs> I mean it, it's something to get I would say this it's something to get used to I mean it, it's, it's a part of the job I mean you, you got to be able to I mean sometimes actually sometimes you can go to work you can go in and, and you go, you got to be on set one day one day you got to be on set and you already they already told you what you're going to be what you're going to be filming what's going to be filming that day. Then you get to set, you find out the writers have rewritten, rewritten the whole script. They, 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 you got a whole other script to like, memorize. Like you got all these lines and all these 
all these emotions, everything in your head, what you're going to do that day. Then you find out everything's been rewritten. Now, that's the hard part when rewrites come in. And what's your process for memorizing? Do you just constantly read over it? Do you uh, have, yeah. like, buddy? I, I guess I, I don't know how. I think, like, I memorize songs by just repeatedly singing it, but I find a rhythm in yeah. it. You know, and I've never tried to memorize just words of a book. I'm even trying to think of like Bible phrases. I don't know how many Bible phrases yeah. I could, you know, just like repeat yeah. verbatim. Honestly, you, I, I, with me with memorizing lines, most actors will tell you memorizing is the, actually, I think memorizing lines is actually the, that's actually the easy part. Really? Getting the emotions right. Like then once you got the lines memorized, most people say that anybody can memorize anything. Like if you put your mind to it, you can memorize it. Hmm. But you got to get getting the emotions of what the character is asking, what the script's asking you to do. That's the hard part. Getting the emotions. Actually, because you can memorize, say the line you want to, you got to memorize is the sun is coming up. There's like a million different ways you could say the sun is coming up. Now you can be like in a crappy mood and be like, well, the sun's coming up or whatever. And then you can be in the happy mood, like, hey, the sun's coming up. It's like a million different ways you can um say those say certain lines. So getting the emotion is pretty much the hard part in my mind. The mem- memorization, but before it's like how I memorize, I actually have this um I just read the script up, read the script as much as I can. Just re- go over the lines, read my go over all my lines, read the script. And I actually have this app on my phone called Line Learner, where I just record the lines, my record my lines, record the person in the scenes lines and I just listen to that over and over, and that's how I get the lines in my head. Okay. So another movie I loved was uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, uh, yeah. And I, like I like that one, too. Dude, so that was the first time I had, like, considered or got in my mind about how actors learn lines. And, like, Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio drinking frozen margaritas, and somebody had, like, recorded what the other character was going to say. So he's floating around his pool and he's just nailing it, right? And then there's this other person yeah. speaking. Does that, like the app Line Learner, or do you input a script and then there's like a Siri voice or something saying the other lines, or is it just solely your lines with no like replies or the dialogue? Oh, it's um with that app, I um I was I say my lines and I say the other person's lines. Oh, okay, so and it's then, all you. I, so it's, it's really much just my voice. It's my voice, and then they have they have this, this feature where you can just shut shut the um shut your lines off, and then the other person's lines come. You you just listen to all you hear is the other person's lines. Then you just gotcha. say your lines after that. So then it would be very simple. Is that a free app, or you got to like pay for that monthly subscription? Oh, it's a free. It's a free. It's free. It's free. Are you? That sounds amazing for free. It's a free app. I mean, this is really it's really simple to use. You just. Record, you pretty much record, you, you record, you record your lines, you record their lines, and then you just, just I guess, just go with it. I mean, you go, you, it, it, it just, it pretty much helps me with the, um, it helps me with, um, with that. That's what, that's what really helps me learn lines, personally. Yeah, just, just, that makes sense. Okay. And how like, far, listening to them and read them. Are we talking like a day in advance? So, like, tomorrow, you know, you're going to be, in the club and you're trying to whatever, pick up, pick up women with your boys. So then you just have those lines that night or are you like Sunday night, um, memorizing a week's worth of scripts? What's that? Like, what's the logistics of that? Now with me, now with the projects I do not, my projects are like spread out month in advance. So 
I have like a month or two months to pretty much learn all my lines and all that. It's for the products I'm because right now I'm pretty much doing a lot of film or whatever. So I'm not now with TV shows that that's when you have the weeks worth of scripts and all that. And but with movies, then you normally just get with movies and films, you get just one script and they give you like maybe a month or so to to learn your lines and then when you of course with with, with COVID we've been doing you do like Zoom table reads and all that. Okay. But you can't really get in person to do table reads. We just get in person to film or whatever. Gotcha. And um but um they, they pretty much expect like when you step foot on set to have your all your lines learned. Or they'll like have like one certain like a Zoom rehearsal. Like if during that Zoom rehearsal, they expect you to be like off book, like no scripts. No, granted with Zoom, you really can't tell if someone's off script because you don't really know if they're like, <laughs> like I'm gonna be honest, you you don't know if they like have a split screen, they have the script on the screen. You really don't know that. That's so, a great point. But um but yeah, I mean normally normally they'll give you like a, a good a, a good chunk of time to learn the lines pretty much. So, Unless they like just gonna they're gonna surprise you and rewrite everything when you get on set. Gotcha. Okay, then that explains why the rewrite's so difficult then for the film, because you've prepped knowing that script, yeah. page one to page whatever, two hundred. And yeah. when they alter page seventy five to ninety five, you're like, Whoa, this is a whole yeah. it's just op- God. I didn't know that's how it worked. See, I pictured like you know you're gonna do again, you're gonna be emotional on Tuesday, so Monday yeah. night you're working on your emotional lines. That's how I pictured yeah. it in my mind. Now that's actually most that, that normally that's how it goes. That's normally how it goes. But then like you sometimes but with rewrites you gotta factor in like the the I say sometimes the writer or the director, they'll be re, they'll be reading the script at night. They're like, well that doesn't make sense. I'm gonna change that. Or we're gonna cut that right there. Sometimes you sometimes now what sucks is sometimes you can actually be get ready to go to set. You got all everything memorized everything of what, what emotions you're going to bring, what, what you're going to do with the character. Then you come to set that day and realize half your lines have been cut. <laughs> that's what sucks. Now, now, that's, now, that has never happened to me so yet. Not saying it's never going to happen. It's never happened to me yet. But um, yeah, I know a lot of people that's happened to. Like, they, they get the set and everything's just been cut. Oh, my. So does that affect your pay? Like, if you're making five grand... And then they cut oh, half yeah. your lines. You go to twenty five hundred, kind of a thing. You see, it's, no, no, no. I, I don't something. I knew what I. said that's never happened to me. So I don't know if it affects your pay or not. Gotcha. I have to ask around. I have to ask that it affects your pay. Mm-hmm. Now, normally, most people sign on for roles knowing they're going to get a certain amount anyway. So I actually think that there's actually been some people like I look at some old Hollywood stories that there's been some people that have been cast in movies. And they ended up not being in that movie. They still got paid for it. Yeah, right. Because they already signed the contract. Because they already signed the contract. Now, granted, when you sign that contract, they're pretty much guaranteeing you something. That And that's I what agree. I was you, thinking, right? So in my head, I'm like, you could take it one of two ways, right? Like you would take it, man, I'm getting, whatever, again, five grand for this movie. They just cut my half, half my lines or I'm done for the day. I'm like, yeah, boy, free day off. Or is it like, off, but, but, or is it like wow, wow, now I don't. Now I don't get any credit in this film. Now I lost out on the reps. Now now they're gonna think oh. I'm weak or I can't hack it because they cut me out. You know. Now, now, now sometimes some some stuff gets cut from films because the boobs fall. Right. They feel like that scene is not really necessarily needed or whatever. But I I I, so I have to ask. I I think you do still get you. They do still pay you for the day. I mean, I, I they do still pay you. I think they do still pay you for the day. That would make sense. 
That would make sense. Yeah. God. Because, I mean, they, I hate to say it, they wasted your time coming in. You, you wasted your time coming in. and They could have just told you over, over the phone. So, but I think they, they, I think they do pay, like, um, they do, they do pay you for the day. And you've, so you've done film and TV shows? Like, uh, what, I guess I should ask, like, what all have you done acting-wise? Oh, acting-wise, professionally, I've done a lot of, like, short films, and I, I've done short films, like, I've done, like, three short films so far. And um, I've done, like, web TV shows, web series, like, stuff that's, like, like on, to be on Amazon, stuff like that. Um, okay. not, most of this stuff hasn't come out yet, because actually, I decided, I guess it's another story. I actually decided that I was going to fully, fully pursue, because I actually didn't fully start pursuing acting right out of high school. I actually, because um, I actually ended up, I knew I always wanted to be an actor, but I didn't actually know what route to go. I didn't know if I was going to go the traditional education route, like, you know, college or whatever. I didn't know if I was going to do that, because I actually wanted to take some time off the fire myself. Mm. Like, to discover, like, because I, so I went and worked and all that, got a job and all that. Then I realized that, because actually, one of my, I actually, Lo and behold, one of my old co-workers that I, I don't have that job before, but one of my old co-workers was like, um, do you still do any acting new plays and stuff like that? And I was like, well, I still do like little community theater plays, you know, that each, like each town has like little community theater or whatever. Yeah. So I still, did, I still did like community theater and all that. So I was pretty much, I knew I, I was going to eventually go back to acting, like pursue it for a career. So um, if I had to like get my money up because like acting school costs. Like acting school costs money, so um, <laughs> most school does. It costs right? money. Yeah, yeah real, regular school does. Trust me. I, I, I got a sister that was in, like went through college, graduated college. I saw what they had to pay for that, so and I know it does. Yeah. But um, but it was like acting academies, acting schools. I always wanted to go to, so um, I had to make money for the go to those. But I actually finally got got enough money to, uh, before to go to acting class, go to enroll in schools. And um, when I did, that was like maybe three years ago. I got enrolled in like an acting school and um, I was really starting to get back into it. And um, one of my um, teachers, it was all virtual or whatever. Cause I, it, that the school was actually based in California and I live in Mississippi and I wasn't going to travel all the way to California just to study acting when I could do it online. Gotcha. So I did it all virtual, like online or whatever. And I ended up actually, actually have a, was it, I guess you call it a certificate. Actually, cause I actually finished the program. I got a certificate for it. And, um, the day I got that certificate, um, my teacher was like, "You've been wasting your talent, this, wasting your talent in these jobs and all that. You really have a gift." And she was like, "I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna plug you with somebody that you you said she said you're from Mississippi. I know somebody that's doing a film down there." Okay. And that was just like two years ago. She was like, "I know somebody that's doing a film down there. I'm gonna give you give you her information and all that. And I think she's um I think you would be right for this character." So I, I looked the lady up and. It was, it was for a short film about that was based in like the 70s or whatever. And it was about this um, high school class. And, um, but I, and I, cause I was like maybe nine years since I've been, eight or nine years since I've been out of high school. And um, I, it was this character that I played in. Uh, the movie was called Lessons from, Mo- Lessons from a Moonwalk. It was about the moon landing in the 70s or 60s, 70s or whatever. Okay. Um, and, um, I, know, was, I know there was a bunch. I didn't, I don't know the. Yeah, I, I'm not good enough with that to be like, oh, that was Apollo 12. Oh, that was Apollo 14. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it was one. Of, it was one of the moon landings. I know the, the film was set in the sentence. But anyway, um, I, I actually hit the director up and I sent her like some monologues I did. Like I put my, put myself on tape. I did a couple of monologues. And she was like, 
I like your energy because I, I, I did like a little introduction video and I was kind of like talking kind of how I'm talking to you today. And she was like, you have great energy. I, I got to, like, I got this character, this little small role, but I think you'd be great for this character. So I, I she sent me some like sides, like sides are like little pieces of a script, pieces from the script that you can read. Okay. So um, she said, okay, just put yourself on tape, reading these lines, get somebody to do it with you. So I think I got my sister to do it with me. Then get you somebody, get somebody to do it with you. And so I sent it over to, to, to her. And she was like, I want you for this role. She said, because I think she said, like, at that time, like, 50 people auditioned for that role at the time. And she hadn't found the one. And she was like, you know what? I, I, I like your energy. And I think you will bring a lot to this character. And, and she's like, okay, well, I can't give you much. I can give you, like, $400 for this role. I said, $400 just to come in and act. I mean, I'll take that. I mean, she's, like, I'll give, she's like, I'll give you $400. I'm like, are you, you I mean... Where I come from, I could do a lot with four hundred dollars. I mean, <laughs> I've <laughs> heard about like, that I mean, in Mrs. And it, it, it's a little bit of regional bias. So I live in Delaware, yeah. and you always try to compare like home prices and income and things like that. And yeah. our land values nuts because we're um, beachside. You know, we got ocean, so the land stops, and we're on a peninsula, so the land stops. You you go to places we've always heard Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama. Like a little bit of money yeah. can go a long ways. For buying things, yeah, like especially around here, like with I mean taxes here, I mean taxes on stuff ain't really that low. I mean, I'm saying rent here is kind of high, but it is kind of is. It really depends on where you're staying. But mm-hmm. uh, but she was just like, I'll give you four hundred dollars. We will. I'll, I can pay you four hundred dollars for like one days of work. And I said four hundred dollars for one day of work, and I was and when I filmed, I was only on I was on set for maybe six hours. I was like. This was easy money for me. I mean, I mean, like I said, the, the role wasn't, it, it, it was a significant role to the film, but it was kind of like, I think I had like maybe 10 lines topped. But um, yeah, that was my first like legit project, like movie. It was a short film. And it's actually, it actually should be out because it's supposed to came out last year, but COVID kind of like kind of shut that down. But we're supposed to like do like film festivals and all that. Okay. But since all that stuff, since stuff is kind of like wrapping up now. I've actually found out that it's got it's actually it actually won an award I think two days ago from a little film a Mississippi film festival. So, but yeah, that was my first like legit production. I was like, when I did that, I was like, okay, this is what I was, this is what I would say this is what I was put on this earth for. That it made me fall in love with acting, and mm-hmm. that was like two thousand I say early two thousand nineteen, and, and then last year. Can I stop you for a second? Because I'm. Go ahead. I I missed the actual name of the movie Lexus for a Moonwalk. What was the name? Less oh lesson lesson lessons from a Moonwalk. Oh, lessons from a Moonwalk. Lessons from a Moonwalk. Oh man, dude, that's a great title. I was wondering about the Lexus thing. I felt like an idiot. I knew I missed uh, it. The audio oh, no, had kind of cut in and out. Oh uh, yeah, it did kind of cut in and out, dude. But so, yeah, it's lessons from a Moonwalk. Tell me just a little bit about the role. Um, ten lines. Like, what was the? Why is that character in there? What's that character's purpose? Oh, my character. This he is based in a high school. And, um, in our, it's about the high school teacher t- trying to teach the class about the what, whichever moon landing. I don't think it really specified, but um, whatever moon landing that, that was going on in the seventies, um, it was pretty much uh, the teacher was t- was um trying to show us that. But but the overall story of the project is actually was about like more interracial dating. It's about the the, cause the lead actress was a Caucasian girl, and she was she just moved to town and whatever, and 
Um, I think at that time the school had just integrated, and um, actually, I think that the director actually the director actually told me it was loosely based off a true story. Okay. Well, I know the character the character I played was actually based off of somebody she knew. Huh. Um, that was in her class, and um, but my character was named Sherman. His name was Sherman. He was pretty much the class clown. <laughs> he was the class clown. And um, only one of two ways and, to go with a name like Sherman, man. You're gonna be a clown or you're gonna be a dork. Yeah, he was pretty much the class clown. <laughs> and um, and he was actually best like best friends with the lead actor. I was the, the lead actor's best friend. Okay. And um, he he had a couple little funny jokes here and there. The teacher was actually talking, asking questions, and he makes these little these I say these crazy little remarks saying like, "Well, Mrs." Well, one of the lines was like, "What was um? Did the move? Did he had he actually didn't actually? Now I didn't believe that people actually landed on the moon. <laughs> and that was that was pretty much his gag. He didn't believe. He thought it was just like a big old conspiracy. He, he was kind of a conspiracy theorist in a way. Gotcha. Like this is what the the Russians are doing this or whatever. It, and, I, and that was actually one of the lines. He was like, "This is all Russian and all, Russia and all that." <laughs> he was a whole conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Gotcha. I said it, it was the seventies, like it's kind of cold warish in a way, cold war in a way, mm-hmm. like going into going into the eighties, and he was like everything was the Russians' fault and all that, and he was one of those. One of those. I guess the kind of guy that you would probably see on like a late night type show. Yeah, flat earther man. Yeah, flat. He, he, I will actually say the character may have been a flat. He probably would be the flat <laughs> But yeah, that was that was pretty much most most of the role. I, I had like I think I had like 10, 11 lines. I'm actually looking at the script for it right now. It was like eleven lines tops. Dude, that's pretty cool. So basically, you were like a kid in a classroom scene, and you're just sitting yeah, on the classroom. desk, and everybody's like watching this moon landing, and you're yeah, cracking jokes. And I'm I'm, I'm like throwing like paper wads at the front of the classroom and the teacher's like, who was that? And then I'm looking off like an eight me or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's like, a good like, point too. And I'm sorry, man. I, and it, it zooms, I don't know if the zoom readings are as hard for you as they are for me, just conversationally, as far as reading body language, trying to interject and all that. Um, yeah. but I'm curious your take on like dialogue. Cause you've spoken about the emotion in the words, but when you said that, like, throwing paper wads, it made me think of how important is it to stay engaged without dialogue, but to be in the scene. Oh, it, it could be. It's very important. Some some people actually, some people don't, some actors actually just do great face acting, like motion acting. I mean, I call it motion acting. I'm not, I'm not sure that's the proper word for it, but mm-hmm. I call it motion acting. Like, like sometimes like you, you watching a movie and you like see, you can see like an extra that just sticks out because he's he or she is doing something, and they take they pretty much stick out or whatever. And sometimes it can be very important for that. But if you don't have any dialogue, and you're just I say like throwing paper wads in there, somebody's going to react to it. Like, like the teacher reacted to it. Someone's going to react to it. So right. sometimes that can be important. And is that kind of ad libbed? Are do you get trusted to make up those? I don't even know what to call them. Fillers, non dialogue fillers. Or is that kind of stuff like explicitly scripted? Like when this word is said, when she says astronaut, that paper needs to fly across the room towards the board. Oh yeah, sometimes. But now for that scene, I actually bought that idea to them first. It wasn't in the script, but I actually bought that idea to them. And um, she, was, she was like, okay, we got to figure something. She's like, I like that. That's something that character would do, but we got to figure out what to do. Like where to put it, mm-hmm. but sometimes, sometimes it, sometimes that can be scripted. Like 
say like someone's supposed to get up, get like get up and walk around in this scene. They'll a line will normally get a certain line in the script will give you like the cue to get up. Gotcha. Like he gets he gets up when she says, "Okay, class, how was everyone's weekend?" He gets up and walks to the other side of the classroom. Sometimes that that line, how how was everyone's weekend or whatever, is is that actress cue to get up and walk walk up, get up and walk away. Gotcha. Yeah, I always wonder about that balance between following the directions and yeah. the improv. You know, uh, yeah. and I mean, you're you're a sports guy. I actually, um, I coach basketball for our middle school, yeah. and it's something that that the kids can struggle with. Is if you like overcoach them, they become robotic. Oh yeah, and you, right. whatever you'll like, you'll call a play, and the kids will be looking to pass, and you're like, dude, did you even notice the defender's not in front of you? You could have just dribbled, could have taken two dribbles and scored a layup, man. Right, like you could have, you could have been to the hole. Why, why? But coach, you told me I got when, when you whatever I got to pass right, and it's like, well, yeah, but you're not a robot. Like it's it's okay to just play, and I'm that's what I'm always curious about that balance between you don't want to be a jerk, right? You don't want to seem like a know it all. Yeah, right. Like I'm bringing this, I know more than the director, but at the same time, you if that's your character, you get some sort of ownership, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. I, I understand what you get. Like I said, I, I like that sports analogy. I, I really do like that sports analogy. Yeah, because and I, I've spoken to that with a couple of the directors who have come on, and they've done um, more documentaries. The guys actually, well, yeah. one of the directors, Zachary, had um, one movie that he had written, but well, uh, yeah, two of the directors actually had movies they were written that weren't exactly documentaries. But they even said in the documentaries they felt weird trying to manipulate the way people would speak sit the way they would look the way they would dress but they had that like urge to be like ah you sure you want to wear that color ah you sure but then they kind of felt like micromanaging and it would kill the vibe and um i don't know man there's something to say about that natural energy like you bring and that yeah. organic spur of the moment thing that happens yeah um, yeah i'm just rambling at this point thinking out loud but it's not, like those dynamics like they're just so interesting to me when you're on a set. Cause I don't know how many people get to see a set and see how that comes together before you get to see it on a screen. Um, actually, well, I guess now you don't have a lot of pet sets now, but a lot of times you, um, don't get to see the set unless you just like, you got like an invite to the set. Most people don't get to see the set. Oh really? It's not exclusive, huh? Yeah. I mean, unless you're supposed to be there now, of course, I like the camera, the cameramen and the like the hair and makeup people and all the people that actually work for the project that you're doing. They see it all, but like most sets, most of the sets I've been on, it's been pretty much closed sets. They they don't want like outside people that have nothing to do with the project. They don't want them there. Is there like just so that they don't know what's other people don't steal ideas, know what's going on, distract? Oh yeah, a lot of most of it's really distractions. Gotcha. Interesting. Like say, like say you're on set, but say your your wife or your kids or somebody else that they they may think you may be distracted by them being there. Yeah, man, that it it's funny, man. It does sound like coaching because practices are closed. Like some you know kids try yeah. to get in the whatever. So boys basketball, girls are trying to peek their head through the door, walking around. You're like, get yeah. out. <laughs> Parents try it, to watch their sons. You're like, what nope. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, that's exactly how it is. Dude, all right. So first roll, $400. Obviously, you go out and yep. buy a brand new car with all that money. And 
Um, I didn't realize like you're um it seems like you're getting a lot of roles kind of quick at this point, man. Oh yeah, I am. I've, I've been fortunate to be like since I did that project in 2019, I've been actually booking like I mean, I've been fortunate enough to be booking a lot. Like, and the, and I do not mean this as insulting because I've interviewed um a Toronto artist and um he's a commercial artist and he takes a lot of pride in the fact that he's able to make a living off of art. And I'm yeah. curious how close are you or are you able to make a living yet off of just doing acting? Actually, I'm not there quite yet. Um, I still have like the whole supplemental job, job that like, you know, keeps money in your pocket, pays your bills or whatever. But um, now that, now that, I actually love that job. The job I have, I'm, um, I work for the Boys and Girls Clubs of America. Oh, awesome. Because I work for them and I, like, that's the that, reason I love the job because I like, one of the programs I run there, I try to teach kids to always follow their dreams. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm really big on because I'm starting to follow my dreams now. And that's what I'm trying to instill to a lot of my club members there. Because like, my, my, my age group is like, for, for that is like, through the 18 group, you know how you, when you're that age, you, you're trying to figure out what you want to do. Yeah, you're steady testing waters. Yeah. And that, that, that's what I try to like, that, what I try to do with my program there, I try to influence them to, like, whatever they want to do, any dream they want to do, it is a thing. If you're willing to go out there and go, go if you're willing to go out there and work, work hard, it's, right. it's a thing. But, um, how as as is the, how far I am to actually focus on acting full time? I'll say hopefully my plan is by this time next year to probably be full time acting. No, I mean I, I've been like I said I've been fortunate enough to be have landed a couple landed a, a number of roles in the last couple of months. Um, so then these are like legit paying gigs. So hopefully if everything like I'm saying God willing everything goes according to plan. I hopefully will be acting full time this time next year. And excuse my ignorance. Um, and I always feel like I have to do caveats about like, I don't mean to offend and I'm not asking to like count yeah. your money oh, or no, anything you like that, but I'm interested in to be a full time actor. Is that like in your mind, a set number of hours or a set like salary? So it, man, if I can make 50 grand a year acting, whether it's 188 days or whether it's eight days, that's my money and I'm I'm good. Or is it, you know, I really want to just fill my week up or my month up with acting roles. I don't say it's probably the last one. Um I'll just say this. I um if I feel like I'm comfortable, I'm gonna say leaving my current job. If I feel like I'm comfortable and I feel like I would probably have to say I'll have to have like a steady Excuse me, I have to have like a steady, I'm going to say a steady acting group to do that. Yeah, like a, like say, like, say like a role on a TV show or something like that. Like something that's constant. And that's where my mind went, man. I'm like, dude, how, because you would get paid basically by the movie and it's like, what? And I guess that's why it's um, romanticized, you know, like moving to Hollywood yeah. and you're like, I'm doing it all. I'm just going all in. There's no turning back. But like you're hoping you find another movie somewhere to keep that money yeah. coming in. And that can be a very underrated aspect that people probably don't it realize is. for actors is you still got bills. Like your, your cell phone bills still do. <laughs> you got to live somewhere. That. You got to drive somewhere. You got to fill up a gas tank. You got to eat. And 
That's interesting. So ultimately, your hope would be like a TV, a reoccurring like TV role. Yeah, definitely Re- reoccurring TV role. Or I'll say this: like I'm gonna say enough like film projects or film opportunities where I can say I'm comfortable because it's all about my comfortability. Like I'm comfortable like leaving my leaving my job and just pursuing acting full time. Like if I'm not comfortable doing it, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, because I actually know I actually know some um actors that are on like TV roles and they still have like supplemental jobs. Some of them still like work at like bar ten on the weekend or whatever just to keep keep money in their pocket, pay bills. So, like in this business, the acting entertainment business, you can be it, so they always say it takes ten years to become an overnight success. That's what I that's what I live by. It can take ten years to become an overnight success. That's what and, if, and if it can have if it can happen overnight, I say something like this. If it can, if it can happen overnight, it is, and you don't you don't feel like you got to work for it. I don't think it's worth that. Like, like, I, like I, I've been in this acting thing. I'm gonna say for like I know a good five six years. I've been I've been at this wanting to do it for like five six years. And it, it just like I say, 2019 was when I really said, you know what, I'm gonna really push for it and 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 if I would always tell other actors like. You're going to hear no a lot. Get used to hearing the word no. No is something that you're always going to hear. You know, that's something I wanted to ask you um, back when uh, you were auditioning. I I think of kids, and it's happened to me, and I cry when kids cry, man. I I don't cry in front of them, but I feel feel like shit when I like... When when I look at an eighth grade boy who's given his all at three days to tryouts, and I have to be the one to be like, no, you, you got to be the one to tell them no. Yeah, and and in my head, you know, I I do it super respectfully. You know, you do. I appreciate it, man. The effort and the kid starts yeah. tearing up, and in my mind, all I hear them taking, no matter what I say, is they hear you suck, you're terrible, you're not yeah. good enough, and it eats me up, man. And I'm curious I, I you. how you try to deal with. The re- do you have a good rejection story where you where you got rejected oh, and you you had to overcome I that? Have, I have plenty of rejection stories. I mean, like <laughs> I said, in this in, in this business, you're going to hear no for you hear yes. I mean, a lot of times, and a lot of times, it has nothing to do with your ability to act. It's that they didn't feel like you were the right person. You didn't fit the character. Uh-huh. They felt like somebody else fit the character. It, it, it doesn't mean you can't. And that's what, that's what I always tell like a lot of people. Like just uh, like a lot of my like actors that are like all friends of mine, they like may they may need some inspiration or whatever. I tell them that you just because you didn't land the road, that doesn't mean you can't act. It means that they thought they thought that you weren't you weren't fit for that role, but it's how you take the note. And you go you're gonna hear no, I know for like every I'm gonna say every one hundred auditions, you go on hundred auditions, I'm gonna say probably ninety 8.9% of them are going to be no. That many? That many. Now, you can go on 100 auditions. 99 of them might be, probably be no. But you you might get that one yes. And it's what you do with that one yes that can make a career. Because it's all film. It's a portfolio, right? You got to be able to yes. show something to somebody the next time. Almost like what you were saying yeah. about that actor with no lines in the background that grabs your attention. And somebody's like, yeah. oh, Okay. Yeah, like so you you never know who's gonna see them. So yeah. each opportunity you get, I say make the best of it. You never know who's gonna end up seeing. Like that. you you can do a project, you got like one line, and it's like, may I take your order? 
<laughs> a, big, a big Hollywood director may see that and be like, I like that guy's energy. I like that girl's energy. Yeah. Well, represent, look, look, look up their people and see what they can do. I'm, dude, I'm immediately thinking of um, Samuel L. Jackson and Coming to America. Yeah. Like he was the homeless dude trying to rob it. And he, I think he gets like swept by um, Arsenio Hall in the movie. Yeah. And just his crazy face, man, he's in there for, I don't know how much he got paid. I don't know how long that took him, but it's that one little scene, but it pops. And I'm sure that led to the start of his career because he just, you, 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 he owned the scene man. you gravitated towards him and he nailed it. That that's, that's a very good thing to remember. So what's your, give give me a good rejection story, man. Tell me about one time Um, you felt terrible about yourself. (laughs) Um, I I try not to do that, but I'm a a firm believer in everything happens for a reason, but, um, it's a good mentality. It was recent. I would say it was kind of recent. It was probably like, I would say three, four weeks ago. It was this audition I did that it was for a, like, uh, Hollywood production, Hollywood film. And, um, Audition for it. Um, they said they liked my acting. They like they like they they liked the energy I gave. They liked my. I said I was I had charisma, but they said you have received a hairline. <laughs> and so and sometimes it can be something just like that. Like because right now my hairline is kind of growing, but it used to be that way. But it's like a genetics thing, and everybody, every male in my family has it. Yeah. So um, it's this and sometimes. It, Stephen A. Smith, some, he's been talking about that. Yeah, it's, 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 it, I'm not, uh, mine isn't as bad as Stephen A. Smith's. I'm gonna say that. But um, I'm gonna say this: by the time I'm probably in my 30s, I might be bald. I'll say that. Gotcha. I might just shave it. I might just shave it off bald. I think you got but you. Anyway, right? bring it home. Yeah. Just come on home. Yeah, bring it on home. Just come on home. Yeah. <laughs> but um, and I was just like, I tried my hard. Man, I, I stayed up like. Like when I didn't have to work the next day, like on the weekends, I stayed off. I stayed up and I worked. I stayed. I stayed. I studied. I mean, I got all the emotions right. I was like, I'm gonna nail this audition, and I didn't nail the audition. They was like, and they, so some casting directors are like, they're like brutally on. They're like, you don't have the right hair for the role. I mean, sometimes it can be that. Sometimes mm-hmm. you 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 won't land a role because you're either too short, you're too tall, your your hair say your hair's too blonde or. Your hair's not long enough. We're looking for somebody with a bold cut. We're not looking for somebody bald. Sometimes that can be why you don't land a rope. Damn, that would... It just goes against everything kind of sports is like. So if you're a sports yeah. person, it's about your results, right? Like, am I good? Am yeah, it's I, about am, your results, yeah. Am I fast enough? All right, well, I'm the fastest person on the team. I'm the highest jumper. I'm the best shooter. I'm the strongest. Yeah. And, man, yeah, that that's something I didn't consider either. You could have yeah, all the yeah. skills, and all of a sudden, it's like, sorry, we would just want someone with green eyes instead. Oh yeah, I know, I know people that, that that's happened to. It was a friend of mine. She um went out for this role on um it, it was like two or three years ago. It was um like a little walk on guest role on the Big Bang. Okay. And um she they were looking for like girls to play nerds. And she was like, I'm gonna say I'm not not talking about it. She was like, she was perfect for that part. She was she, she was that nerdy look. She had that like that nerdy look. Yeah. But what they were really looking for are girls to play nerds. Uh. And so like I said, it, it's a brutal business. They'll be brutally honest. They were like, you have, now I think they told her like you have spunk, you have great, you have you have what we're looking for. 
would you want to be an extra in this role? We don't think you would be the right person for this role. And I think they ended up giving a role to somebody that was like attractive or whatever. And, but they had they threw on some glasses and whatever. Yeah. And but but she actually took that. She actually took the extra role. She actually was the extra extra for the for the um that episode. And actually, right now she's doing she's doing pretty good for herself. She's actually um doing a couple. Of, she's she's landing a couple of plays here and there. So I was like. And I just told her that just means that role wasn't for you. Right. I mean, but there is something out there for you. I mean, you're going to get a yes one day. But you just got to keep at. This business, is, I'm going to say, is really about persistence. You got to keep keep at. It seems like it, right? And it's that's what I'm wondering. How big of a deal is it to get just the audition? Can you put that into perspective um, for me? The, the, the uh, Most casting directors actually give you the... One of the best um, advices I've ever, one of the best advice I've been given, one of my acting mentors was, if you book the audition, you're already winning. You already like I get to go with sports. If you go with, if you book the audition, you're already winning the game. You already win. Oh really? If you book, if you book the role, you won. Because most casting directors normally book auditions solely off your headshot. Headshot is like just a picture. Uh huh. They'll. Or like if you have like some scenes of yourself, like a real, like an acting reel, um, which is like a couple. A reel is like a couple of scenes, like from products you've done, and you put together a two, three minute reel of like some scenes that you've done in the past. Yeah, highlights. And like yeah, some highlights, kind of like sports highlights, like highlights. And um, they 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 see what you can do, and but if you don't have a reel, you just like a picture of yourself. It can be like a like any professional picture of yourself. It could be like a, I say like a family portrait picture you took in, or yeah, yeah. But it's just it's just got to be of you by yourself. Um, they they call that a headshot. And a lot of some some cast most cast directors they look they they get like thousands of headshots a day. Some cast directors don't even look at the headshot. Some of them just go through a couple of them like, okay, I like these them him him and him. I like her over there. I like her. I'm gonna throw the rest of these away. Wow. They don't even some of them. I'm just it's honest. I mean, honest. They don't even look. Some cast directors don't even look at all the headshots they get. They just look at a couple of look at the ones they like and they just throw the rest away. But mo- you, they'll book you for an audition based off your headshot. So, oh, so, so answer your question. So, so how much? That's what they. I'm sorry, God, I'm a terrible host. I'm just wondering, like, how no, much, no, no, how much time and effort? That seems like so much pressure for a single picture. It's like the ultimate yeah. Tinder profile pick. Where you're like, oh, I'm yeah. gonna meet my princess and my like lifelong dream partner. So, how much time effort did you put into your headshot, knowing that? I actually, honestly, with my headshots, I just went in. I knew what looks I was looking for. Like you know, you do, you do go take pictures or whatever. You got like certain outfits you're gonna wear. I knew what vibe I was going. For. So I just put on one of my favorite shirts, favorite pants, because most headshots are like normally from like. I'm gonna say chest like the chest up. So you, it really doesn't matter what type of pants you have on. Right. It's really like on the chest up. Like mostly like you said, like, it's just like a I'm gonna say like a school day picture of yourself. Yeah. Like, you know, we all take school pictures. Yeah, yeah. Like a school picture a school picture could be like a headshot. Yeah. So yeah. I just took like one of my favorite like t shirts and like red shirt, like nice looking red shirt. And what I, I actually have a photographer that I use that I use. And we just got together and just took a couple of pictures. We took a couple of pictures, took a couple of like headshots of myself, and 
I picked out the best one, and then that's the one I send to everybody. And I, I actually, need to, I think, I think I do need to get some new headshots personally. But I've had the same headshot for like the last two, three years, and it's it's got me this far. I'll say that, dude. That's pretty. You said you're sending them, so you don't have like an agent or something like that. Are you trying to book and find all this work yourself? Oh, I find it all my. I I had a manager okay. like last year, but we actually parted ways because it was mutual. We actually parted ways because I, I actually felt like I was actually doing most of the booking myself. Like, and, and you would be surprised actually how many actors in Hollywood have representation. Is there? No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, um, there's some actor. If you ever hear like stories like such and such just signed with such and such agency, that actor has gone that long without having any agency. Now, Mm -hmm. most people have like managers and stuff like that that manage their career or whatever. Because managers are more personal. Agencies, agencies work for a lot of people. Managers work for you. But I had a manager like last year, but we parted ways because I felt like. I was landing more work on my own day, and I wasn't letting work from him. So, but anyway, go, what were you going to say? No, well, I, immediately, and because I'm out of the business, I in my mind, I always thought of managers because I've sold a couple of homes in my life, like real estate agents. Yeah. Where you yeah. just, I, I don't know, man. I've never met a real estate agent, and apologies to anyone who's offended, but like I've never had a real estate agent where I felt like they earned their percentage. I felt like I always oh, worked. Yeah. Like I'm staging the home. I'm cleaning the home. Um, I've, I've even shown homes and they want to show up like they did work. And I'm like, you put a lockbox on the front door. What have yeah. you done? Like, what have you done? So that's, that's interesting. And the other thing I thought of is they're just like an indeeds for actors. How do you even find what to apply for? See, that's the fun part for me. Oh, I, there's this, there's this website called actors access. I mean, it's, I think it's like, it's free to join. But if you want to like submit yourself for roles, you pay you pay like sixty eight dollars for a full year. Well, that's not bad for a full year, sixty eight dollars, and you can submit to anything you want. They have like Hollywood movies, they have like well known TV shows on there, like short films. They have short films, they have student films, they have web series, they have everything that you that that you possibly want to like be in. You can you can actually self submit yourself, and um without the agents or anything because if you have an agent your agent normally submits you but if you don't have an agent or manager you submit yourself and pretty much everything i've landed with nothing that so far out like by next week i'm um doing another project it'll be my 10th like professional project i've done and all those projects i've done i've landed on my own 10 projects 10 projects since 2019 since 2019 yeah Wow, man! I've been work. I've been I've been fortunate to be be really be like because I, I just, it's just it's really just about putting yourself out there. That, that's what I've been doing, and also um, another main source I use Actress Access, and another main source I use is honestly Facebook. And like that's all I use Facebook for. Facebook. Really? I don't get on Facebook to like I don't get on Facebook to like see what this person from my high school is doing, what who's dating who. I use Facebook purely for as my for my acting group. Come on, man! You're gonna, um, you're, I'm, I'm sorry. You're gonna have to tell me the story about the high school girlfriend that you just keep checking on. <laughs> nah, nah, I don't like that. But um, not, not to say I've never done that before. But yeah, I mean, nothing like that. But um, but yeah, just honestly, Facebook groups. Like, there's a lot of acting oh. groups on Facebook. 
So I'm you, doing a lot of. I, I, no, I'm terrible. I'm, I'm, I really am. I, I, no, I should fine. just let you roll. But so like I'm picturing because I've gotten in a couple of those for podcasts. So then like directors will just post in these groups, hey, looking for a and do they put the stats out there like looking for a I'll say myself like a, a 5, 10, 40 year old yeah. white male that's willing to play a teacher. And then I'm yeah, like, oh, I could fill that role. And then I send them like a link to my bio. Yeah, just like that. That's what you do. You, you normally what they'll do is um like I'm I'm a member of like I know like at least twenty groups and that's less than really where I find a lot of my auditions from. They'll it'll be like they'll put the call that like, I'm looking say I'm looking for say five five eight no ethnicity required say eighteen to thirty five year old play the character Daryl mm-hmm. and they'll put like the they'll put how much how much they pay whether it's paid non paid whether it's a short film, feature film, student film, web series, TV show, and then they'll leave their email address or contact information. They'll say, contact this this number, this email, email us your headshot, resume, or whatever. And then if they're interested in you, they'll email you back and they'll send an audition. And that's, what, that's pretty much what I do. Gotcha. Now, setting up the auditions, how do you, and I don't know if I'm going to even ask this right, but... How do you balance like, oh man, it's an audition in Iceland. That plane ticket's a thousand dollars, but the role would pay five hundred, but the 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 role's something I really want, or the exposure's something I really want. Or how do you balance like regional travel, time taken off versus projects and opportunities? Actually, mo- most of the most of the directors and casting directors, they'll they'll step audition tapes. Huh. So normally you like, especially in today's world, like over the last five years, it's just a link now. Over the last five years, self tape audition tapes are like huge in the industry right now. Wow. Like, like you, you could just they'll send you the side, like send you the side, the script and the sides, and they'll say just put yourself on tape, have someone else read the lines with you, send us a tape, send us send us this tape back by this time next week or like a month from now. Have this, they'll give you like a deadline mm-hmm. to have the tape in. So that, that's pretty much how it works. Like, I, I, I've actually gone to in-person auditions before that I can get to, but most most casting directors, now normally they'll specify whether or not it, the audition is in person or not. Okay. And that's when you have to decide whether or not you're even going to submit for it. If you know you can say like, I'm on Mississippi, they're auditioning in like New York or something like that. I don't. I, I know I don't want to travel all the way to New York, and if I don't, if I know I'm not going to land it, I just don't need to submit for the part. Yeah. But um, if they'll accept audition tape, I'm, I'm sending all the tape. I send. I, I know I send at least, about every week. I send at least ten to twelve audition tapes a week. Gotcha. Yeah, dude. And that- I, I, I record these because I, 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 my but my schedule say my work schedule. Oh, this is after school and all that. I'm I'm off by like six, seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I'll have like the rest of the day to film auditions. That's amazing to me that you p- actors are getting jobs without actually being in front of someone in person. Oh, yeah. Or does that is that just like an initial screener? Then you have to go and get the part, like almost like a oh, second yeah. audition. Oh yeah, you definitely have second audition. Sometimes now, sometimes they'll cast you solely based off of that tape. Your initial audition. Wow. And then now, now, sometimes like if they want to give you a callback, now a, a callback normally is like a, that's the second audition. 
Okay. The callback is when you normally would have to travel because if you, they get they, they like you enough for the callback, that means you're one step closer to being cast. Mm-hmm. And some now some now some some um like companies, some of them will actually fly you out, no charge to you. Oh, like if they, if they're interested in you for a callback, they'll fly you out. Okay. If you don't live in that, say you got to go to L.A., Los Angeles, or wherever, and you live in like say Tennessee, and they really liked you your first audition, they like we're willing to they'll be like we want to fly you out to do a callback and do a screen test. And they'll they'll pay for you a hotel room and whatever and all that. Give you give you a twenty dollar Uber credit to get to the studio. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, or, or they'll just have, or like when you get to get to the airport, they'll just send somebody to go pick you up. Yeah, right. I was I was hoping that would be it. I was just being kind of dumbass. Yeah, for saying Uber no, credit. No, no, no. I know some people that they have paid for the Uber. They have have had Uber like waiting on them to get there. Right. But um, that's if they're really interested. They'll they'll fly you out. Dude, that's got to be such a trippy feeling. It it must be like being courted or dated, like like an arranged marriage, where yeah. you're where you're looking forward to this sultan <laughs> embracing you. You're like, oh my god, somebody yeah. wants me. Like I don't know. That's how I play it out in my head. Maybe because we've been talking about yeah. Disney, and I'm thinking of Aladdin and Jafar. Yeah, no, nah, you 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 correct. <laughs> Did you ever have you had someone? pay or flip the bill for your travel for you to come out yet? I have, yeah. I mean, actually, recently, my the last project I did, um, they covered everything. I mean, I, I booked the project to actually be an audition. But um, when it was time to film from the eighth, they flew me out, paid for the hotel room, paid for food. No way. Compens- like, compensated me. I was compensated for it. So, yeah, but yeah, I, that's actually happened to me recently. Yeah, actually, actually, like, even, like two weeks ago, actually. No way. T- whatever you can share, and I'm not sure like how much has to be like close to the vest kind of a thing. But what was the role? What was how did how did it go down, man? Oh, I was actually a lead. I was actually one of the leads in this project. Um, oh no! What congratulations, dude! Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, it was um, it was fun. I mean, it was the first time they had, this actually happened to I me. Mean, they actually no, I think it was the second time it happened to me when they actually flew me out and paid for the room and all that. But uh, pay for my hotel room and food and all that expenses and all that. But it, it, it went pretty good. I mean, I can't say much about. Actually, I can't say this. Premieres in two weeks. Oh no! On um, it's a it's a pay per view. Um, we were doing a pay per view. Um, because I, I know they say it should take like um, it was like three weeks ago. So they say it should take like take like three to three to four weeks to fully edit it. Um, and all that is the film and all that. Um, but it'll be out. I think that's pretty much all I can say about it. Because um, it's still kind of new. Okay, so you can't really talk about the character that you are in it? Or can oh, you, I, can I, can you I name can, it? I can, I, I, I can tell you the character. I play a character named Darius. And, and ironically, they, coming full circle, He's a troubled youth, kind of like Dallas Winston was in Outsiders. Okay. Coming full, coming back full circle. He's actually the, I say a modern day character version of that character. He's like the, he doesn't care about what adults have to say. He, he thinks he knows what he thinks he knows. He has everything all figured out, and he's um, very rebellious, rambunctious. Kind of, he's not in a gang, but he's like one step closer to joining the gang. But um, 
it was, it was, it was, it was nothing like me. The character was nothing, actually, absolutely nothing like me. And, um, and, but it was, it was a fun, very fun, fun character to play. I mean, I, I, I think, I don't know what, I don't, some odd reason, I guess because I'm kind of a, I'm, I'm, I, in real life, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm not soft or nothing like that, but I'm nothing like that, those, those type of characters. Yeah. It's just something about those characters that just drive me, getting into that psyche, getting into the, the head of that type of character. It just is fun to play for. And when you, I'm, I'm curious if you can talk about the audition process and getting the role. Uh, and I'm a complete outsider, but if you're getting, if you're going from someone who has 10 lines to a lead role, um, yeah. regardless of the film, like, I, and I, I'm like, that's a, that's a jump. And I'm just super yeah. curious, like, so this is a role that you really, really, really wanted, or this was one of those, like, I'm cool with it, or this is something you had to take a weekend and prep for on the audition tape. I'm just curious about the process for applying and um, getting it. Um, that's a good question. Um, with that, I, um, with that particular project, I actually didn't actually audition for that particular character. I actually just heard about the audition. I saw the audition from on um it was on a it wasn't Actors Access, it was on another website. Um that a friend of mine actually hooked me up to and I read over read the description. They, they actually but that audition for that project they actually didn't have any of the character descriptions out there. They just said they were looking for certain age like like a somebody in my age range basically. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, you know what? This sounds I, I like having not knowing anything about it. I just re- I read the synopsis for the whole for the project, and I said, this sounds interesting. I said, I said, okay, I'm gonna audition for this. Uh, I'm gonna submit for this um, late teens, early twenties year old character. And so I sent the audition. I actually just sent my acting reel over to them. I actually didn't even. I sent my headshot resume, acting reel. And I was like, okay, I'm interested in auditioning for this character. Do you guys have any sides you want to send over to me? And long story short, they it took them a while to get back to me. I didn't think I was gonna land. So it took, <laughs> took them, I would say like almost a it took them almost a month to get back to me. And oh when you're an actor gosh. and you waiting, the waiting game means I, I've actually got to where um now when I audition for something, I just for and then I just leave it alone. It is leave it up to fate to decide. Dude, that's but so like it just I don't know, man. In my head, I immediately go to like that person you text, and you yeah. and you're just waiting, and it's a day or two, and you're like, wait, do I do do I text them back? Do yeah, like it's, it's did, like that. That's in a month is such a long time, especially if you're wanting that role, and that's how you're making your livelihood. I had no idea it would be yeah. that long. Yeah, sometimes some people say it takes. Sometimes it takes longer. But yeah, it, it, it was like a month before I heard back from them. So I was just like, I'm gonna hit them up. I'm like, did you get my audition? Did you get, did you get my interest? And she was like, she the director, she got back at me. She was like, yeah, I loved your reel. Oh, I loved your reel. Something actually happened happened in her family. That's why she had she didn't really respond to anybody's email. God. I think she actually lost, unfortunately, lost a family member, and she was like, "I was just dealing with that," and um, and I was like, "Oh, oh," and I felt like crap. I was like, "Yeah, right." <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know that was going on with you, and um, 
But yeah, it was just I ended the role. She said she she liked my reel, and um. Can I pause you at the yeah. she liked my reel? Do they give you specific feedback and then you go and edit? And in my mind, I'm thinking if she's like, so if a reel's three minutes and they reference like a like oh at the 45 second mark when you blanked, we love that. Are you taking like mental notes and constantly updating this highlight, or are you just confident enough in your reel to be like, this is my best product. Here you go. Oh, actually, no. Most of the time, I just send it, and they just say whether they like it or not. Honestly. Oh, it doesn't get that specific, huh? Nah, most directors don't aren't that specific. No. Got you. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm just. Oh no, you're fine. It's so new to me, man. Like this is. I don't know. I, I'm geeky like this where I love getting insight into other yeah, professions. So it's super, yeah. it, I don't know, it's super interesting. Yeah. But yeah, like, like she she liked my reel and was like, okay, there's this role of the son in this, this movie that, that I think I want, I think I can see you playing. She's like, I got some more auditions to look at and I'll get back at you no later than next week. So next week comes, I'm like waiting. It was like a Monday. So the next Monday comes, I'm like, she she's going to hit me up this time next week. I'm like, I don't want to like hit her up because I don't know what's going on in her personal life. Yeah. Like, like no, no lie. At like 11.50, like I said, it's weird that I remember the time. At 11.50 that night, that Monday night, she Monday's almost over basically. She calls me and says, I want you for this part. And I was like, okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. I was like, she was like, okay, it, it, this is a paid role. Um, we're gonna flop. Um, it's, it's in Birmingham, Alabama, which actually is not that far from where I am. Mississippi is like maybe four or five hours away. But um, she was like, "Okay, we'll. we'll I see you from Mississippi. We'll we'll fly you out. We'll pay for your hotel room. That we're gonna because we filmed it like like it was like two weeks ago. Um, uh, we said we're gonna fly you out. And I said, and I found out about it like last year. And she was like, "I'm gonna fly you out." And um, well, I'll fly the rest of them. They flew to everybody else out too. And they paid for everybody's hotel room. They paid for the food. And we also got compensated for it. She was like, okay, I want you for this part. Um, Are you okay with playing this hardened gangster trouble type, trouble youth type character? I was like, well, I'll pretty much play anything you want me to play. If you, I just want to work. I was like, I just want to work. I'm passionate about this. I'm just fortunate enough that you want me for this part. I don't care which one we play. But she was like, okay, that's cool. And she was like, okay, do you have any, do you have a problem with kissing your female co-star? I said, no. I mean, that, that, there's no problem with me at all. Oh, I, think, wow. I don't know why you think that would be a problem. I have a problem with that. Yeah, man, damn, that's another thing I hadn't thought about too. Like that weird... I don't know. I don't want to digress too much, but that's that's interesting that they actually have to ask those kind of oh yeah questions. Sometimes they do. They they will because like you like you never know what someone's like. The people have boundaries. I mean, yeah, they know people have boundaries. Yeah, they're like some people are like married and they're like, is your husband is your wife okay with you doing this type of scene, like kissing your former your co star or whatever? And there's some like spouses that aren't cool yeah well i mean i'm and i don't know i'm not i'm not um i don't know like i don't know if i could kiss another guy i see so many actors 
you know, they'll do that as like the shock value or they'll do it in like a sincere it's a lot way. Of do it for shock value. Yeah, right, for but, sure. And, and, and they're still right to do that. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not there in my career yet where I'm, I will say I'm comfortable doing that. Like, not, not to be disrespectful to any communities out there or whatever, but me, yeah. myself, I don't think I'm comfortable doing that now in yeah. my career. Yeah, because I don't know if I could put the passion into it that I could with the gender that I'm oriented towards, right? Like, I don't think that's that's what it is for me. Yeah, I don't think that's a terrible thing to say. I think that's just kind of being honest. Where I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, what would my like, what would my hard nose be, right? Like, if I want this career, I'm pursuing it. You're so excited, and then all of a sudden, a director starts going down a checklist. Hey, are you cool with flying out for two weeks? Yep. Hey, are you cool with what going in a desert and taking your shirt off and jumping into cold water. Yep. Cool with that. Hey, are you cool with, and you're like, ah, that that's yeah, that hard, man. In a career when you're just trying to make it and get jobs. I hadn't. You know, and, and that's actually why they ask those questions. They want to make sure if what you're okay. With. Yeah. Right. Like, if, they, like, if, you, if you're not okay with an on-screen kiss, um, sometimes they'll work around it, but then sometimes they'd be like, the kiss is kind of important to the story. Yeah. If you're not okay with doing it, we can just go find the next person and see if they're okay, they're okay with doing it. Right. But yeah, with me, was, yeah, she asked that question, like, are you okay with kissing a female coach? So I was like, yeah, I mean, I like females, so I don't think, I don't see what else we probably <laughs> I mean, just to be honest, I'm like, I like women. I don't know why that, I mean, I'm not doing the job just to kiss a girl. I mean, I kiss a girl every day of my life. So, I mean, hey. <laughs> Wait, so, I mean, can, can we stay there for a minute? Because I've never spoken yeah. to anybody who gets paid to kiss a stranger, which is basically uh, what you've done. You're a lip prostitute, right? <laughs> yeah, it, some people will call it that. Yeah, I mean, if the role, I mean, I, I see like if the role calls what I'll do. I mean, I'm, I'm not tripping. Yeah. I mean, the, the women in my personal life, they're, they're, they're fine with it. I mean, I'm fine. So but, um, was it your first, is that your first, like, is that your first kiss with a, basically a complete stranger? I know it wasn't. It, it wasn't the first time I've done it. I've done it in other projects before too. Can, can you just get me into the insight in that? And I'm not trying to be like graphic pervy or anything like oh, that, no, you do it. but it's one of those things where it's like, Hey man, when I, when I see this kiss as extra lip or you know i'm not gonna do uh, a little bit of i, I want to put my hand on the back of your neck are you okay with that i feel like i need yeah. to draw you in at this moment i or in your head are you like i gotta hold this kiss for three seconds because if i hold it if i keep kissing for eight then i'm a then i'm an asshole then i'm a jerk yeah. <laughs> and you know like i'm a predator I, i'm just kind of curious into the, the the dynamics of it i got you i'll say this a lot of this, a lot of the kisses you see on on uh, in movies, a lot of them heavily choreographed. Really, they're choreographed. I mean, now not to say that, 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 that those actors really are kissing on, on on screen, but it's it's a lot that goes into. I mean, they like your head has to be facing this way. You, they we want you your body turned this way, and so we can get that angle right there. I mean, it can be. I'm not gonna lie to you. It can get very uncomfortable. Like, Especially, and also, you got all these production people around, and you, and sometimes it can be you do, literally just met this actress or whatever. That's what I'm saying. And y'all don't know each other like that. And 
only, only time you know each other is like when you do the rehearsals for the scenes and all that. And especially at, especially if most of your readings have been all over like Zoom or whatever. And you, but yeah, it, it, can, get, it can get uncomfortable at times. No, dude, that's what I'm picturing. Like, so when you said the call sheet thing, I'm going there and you see the call sheet and it's like the kissing scene. So then you're like, man, whatever. You're getting your breakfast. You're getting some coffee. You're on set. And you're like, do you consciously go find the person you're going to kiss and be like, man, I'm going to spend another like 20 minutes with you today to try to like build a relationship (laughs) to figure this out? Chemistry is key. Right? I mean, chemistry is definitely key. I mean, a lot of times they'll they'll find out, they'll find out if you and the co-star have chemistry when you do like the final audition, like the final screen test. That's when they'll determine whether y'all have chemistry or not. Gotcha. But yeah, I mean, but the whole kissing scene and and I, I haven't done what they call the love scene yet. So oh, but man. um and, and from what I hear, I know people that have, they say that is definitely not what you think it is. I they said that is it's definitely off. What did they say about it? Like I have a friend that he had to do a love scene. He was like, You got the director yelling at you, okay. Shift your body this way. Okay, they'll tell the person you're doing the scene with, okay, lean your head back this way. And, um, oh, uh, that angle's not right. Um, you sit on top of them or sit on top, you're on top of her, make it, make it look real or whatever. And you're like, can we just get this over? <laughs> I mean, they'll tell me people that have done those type of, and I'm not the biggest fan of those type of scenes personally. I think. When it comes to movies and all that, I'm like, I think sometimes they put those scenes in there just for shock value, basically. Yeah, right. A little bit of clickbait. Yeah, clickbait. Yeah, but and and then like, especially if it's like full nude or whatever. I mean, and you, all you have covering your body is like a sock or like a little patch or something like that. I mean, and people tell me those scenes get very weird. The, those are the logistics where. So I've had um, several people on the podcast from Naked and Afraid. Are you familiar yeah. with the reality show Naked I, and Afraid? Yeah, I know what it is. Okay, yeah. So one of the – I was talking to a girl who's actually a director, but she's more like um, shooting commercials and a photography. She's not like a film director. But we were talking on the pod, and then I had um, I had lined up a person who's on Naked and Afraid, and she was like, you've got to ask this for me. And I'm like, ask what? She was like – do they ever get aroused cuddling for warmth? And what I talked to the naked and afraid people and they're like, dude, you don't understand. You haven't eaten. You haven't showered. Like that is the lap. You're just surviving. And it's the thing with actors where it's that weird awkwardness of dude, I just met you. I might be married. Like, and now we got 40 people here. And how do we deal with these dynamics and at the same time, make it look like I want to ravage you. And yeah. it's always been the weirdest paradigm in my life to, well, I shouldn't say in my life, but one of the weird things that I try to like put my mind into, how would you deal with that? To have it come across in such a passionate way, but be professional and business about it. And I think about that with like even a basic kissing scene. How do you, how do you get the passion and like a youthful love across and still you've known this person for a day and a half and you're like, Hey, it's just a job. <laughs> like I'm not trying to be a jerk. Oh uh, yeah. 
that's where I fall. I, I, I see like, I mean, okay, I, we got to do this scene. I see like, we got to do this. This was me recently. I told the co- my coach, I was like, we got to do this scene. It's in the script. Um, and now we were cool. I mean, we, we talked to each other like over Zoom or whatever. Now, what I try to do, honestly, is I try to like, I asked the director and the people that's in charge of the casting, like, can you tell me like who's playing what role? So like, if I can like, if I want to ever like get on Zoom and go over lines with them, so we can build that chemistry before we get on set. Uh, okay. That's what I did with that project. So I can like already like somewhat see what this person is about. So it's not just awkward because it's not just full on awkward when we get on set. That makes sense because you, I, I don't know, man. It's just such an intimate thing that gets portrayed and yeah. then when you really think about it and it's it it's kind of shocking like how long were you on set for did you say a couple weeks it was a uh, like four days like think about that for four days like you're not you don't have a relationship and then all of a sudden this thing is freaking televised that you're yeah. ma- kissing someone like that i don't know if that normally like who live streams the first time they kiss someone, right? Like nobody, you don't do that. I don't think people nobody. do that. So I don't, I don't do that. I mean, do, <laughs> right? Like I, I hope a lot of people. I sure as heck hope my daughter doesn't do that. But uh, like, 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 it's just a dynamic that you can't have come across in the movie to have the movie be believable or the project. Then I guess doesn't have to be a movie. But you can't have the fact that you've only known this person for a blank amount of days in that short time frame. Yeah come across so yeah and that's why i do the whole try to like hit them up on social media or whatever and like see if we can like go over lines when get on like a facetime call or something like that and go over lines stuff like that that's why i try to do that so we so it's not just weird when we first we've had a couple of like one-on-one like one-on-one interaction like over zoom or whatever like going over these lines and like getting to know each other yeah Kind of like what we were doing right now. I I try to do that with my co-stars, so so it's not just weird. Also, it helps me like, um, it helps me with like the middle, like the lines and all that, getting the chemistry down. But it just helps me just vibe with the people I'm going to be working with. Yeah, I bet, I bet, I bet. Have you so aside from the kiss thing, was there an awkward role or something that was pretty challenging that you've had in your recent? I'm gonna say um, like ten, ten in ten in two years, man. That's yeah, that's awesome. Um, it's actually a role that I'm actually working on now. We, I actually, the, the current project I'm working on now is called the Wheel, and it's actually about like so I, I filmed some. I've already filmed a couple of scenes. For, it's a feature film, my first feature film, by the way. Oh, oh, um, can I pause you? So yeah, it, what's the? Is there an actual definition of feature film versus other prod like a short film? A short film is normally like a short film could be like no longer than maybe six, seven minutes long. Okay. Now, a feature film is like what you will go to the movies to see. Gotcha. Go to the movies and like watch on Netflix, um, any streaming service. Because I actually this and actually this project that I'm working on, the will, it's we're hoping we're going to pitch it to Netflix and we're going to pitch it to Amazon, Hulu, and hopefully someone picks it up. One of those people pick it up. Oh man! So like one of these streaming services, we're hoping we're going to pitch it for streaming. Yeah, yeah. I think the movie's going to be like I would say anything over like hour to two hours long. That's considered a feature film. Gosh, okay, that's what I was thinking. I just wanted to make sure. I didn't think a short film would be 
that short to be honest with you though. I was thinking in my so mind good. like 30 to 45 minutes for a short film. Oh, you, you'll have some short films of like 30 to 30, 30 to 45 minutes, but um, the, like the first one, that first one I, I did, the message from a moonwalk, it's 13 minutes long. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it's okay. really, I mean, it can be really short. I mean, like, it's probably like 13, 14, 15 pages, page script. As opposed to like a feature film where it's like maybe 80 to 100 something pages. Gotcha. 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 Okay. That's good context. Good context for me. Yeah. So the will's been a, what, what's been challenging about that for you? Um, I'm actually having to play a character. I'm actually, I'm also, I'm a lead in that film too. Um, I'm having to play a character that he's kind of like me in a way. He's kind of like the, <laughs> um, I mean, this is probably the only, the first character I've ever played that's kind of like me. He's he's like that. He he without giving too much away. He um because we haven't finished we haven't finished we haven't wrapped filming yet. Um, I filmed I filmed a little bit on it in early March, and then we um we took a pause from production because I think um one of our co one of my co stars and also the director was getting married. Okay. Not to each other, but they were getting <laughs> not to each other, but they were they were they were cut like getting married coming like they got married last month. Yeah. They, they both had weddings last month. But um so um they, we we filmed some the first of March and um we're uh and that character's very challenging to me because it I'm having yeah, I'm playing a character that his his mom just passed away. Oh. And that's hard for me. That's hard for me to put myself in it. Because I still have my mother's still alive. It's kind of hard for me to put my head in that, my, put myself in that headspace. That, that kind of makes it challenging for me. And, and plus, the, like I said, without giving too much of the plot away, it's some a lot of twists and turns in this, and some stuff that my character thought was re, that thought was reality is not really a reality. Oh, um, so it's having to play those types of emotions and all that. that, that that's what's been a challenge for me. Love those type of movies, man, where they just start fucking with reality. And, oh yeah, that's it. Does dude? I mean, there's some like I would say witchcraft, voodoo stuff in this movie. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's not like something that's not happening. I would say like it's 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 very original. Gotcha. And what, as much as you can, mom passing away, the challenges in like talking about her passing, the the challenges in reacting when other characters bring it up what are the as specific as you can be the challenges of connecting to that emotion um i guess because i i mean i've lost people in my life but i haven't lost a mother enough like that and people always tell me that's like a different type of loss out there they tell me there's like different i mean losing a parent is like very different and it, it, i put myself in my because I've gone back to like people I've lost in the past in my personal life. I put myself in that headspace. I put myself in that type of headspace to get the emotions out. But um, just I said, just put my because because I'm the type of actor trying to put myself in a situation, and I don't. That's something I don't losing my parent. A parent is something I don't want to think about a lot. Yeah, and having to having to do that for this role is going to challenge I me. Mean, I've gotten it done. I mean, I, I'm gonna say it's. Not to pat myself on the back, I crushed the scenes I already filmed for. I mean, I actually 
force the tear to come out. I was just, about to ask that. Can you cry on command? That was literally going to be the next thing it, I asked you. It's something I, I got with my acting coach. Uh, with my, I, I got with my acting coach with, with when I found out I got this part. I got with my acting coach about. It. I said I'm going to have to cry a number of times in this film. Can you like show me, like tell, like give me some tips to do that? And she was just like, um, you just got to let it let it happen. You got to put yourself in the scene and just let it come out. That's that was her advice. She said. Put yourself in that in the mind frame of that character. Think about losing somebody that she said, not even your mother. Think about just losing somebody that was really special to you. How'd you feel when that happened? Put yourself in that mind. So that's what I did. Man, and that, then you know you you get all the memories come up of the people you lost, and then you just get depressed and sad and you break it out. That just seems so conflicting to me because it seems like your mind is on your reality. But right. your body, your actions, your words are in this fiction. Yeah. And to maintain both of those at the same time seems like um, just a really weird multitasking. Like it's yeah. just. It... Can I ask who you connected to to make yourself cry? Actually, I connected to a friend that I lost from high school. I actually had a friend that passed, like a family friend that passed away from some medical issues in high school that I actually, I'm not going to lie, at the time she passed away, I cried when that happened. Yeah. Because I, I, I was just like that person that I've known for like all these years is really gone. And it was like, um, I was thinking about that and like I never got to say goodbye to that person. So mm -hmm. that's what really... Bought, bought some of that out of me. And also, I also really thought about times that I failed at something I really wanted to do. And that's enough to make anybody emotional. Very true. So, um, I thought I put myself, I, put, I went back there, went back there, and it's like, okay, I got it. And then we, when we filmed the, the last scene we filmed before we, when we wrapped up for that, for that, um, that half of the film, because we filmed the funeral scene. And, and I'm talking about this was like casket. Every, like church, yeah. inside the church casket. The actual actress playing the mother was actually in the casket. Um, it, and and to pretty much make it real, and and they were just like, go there, go there, go there, go to where you go to make the bring the emotions out. So I went to that to that part that part of my life where I was failing, where I wasn't landing any auditions, and I wasn't landing any roles. And I was just depressed and didn't know where my career was going to go. Then I thought about losing that friend from high school. And I bought it out. That pretty much bought it out for me. And then when they yelled action, and because in that scene, that particular scene, I didn't have any lines. It was just like more face acting, emotion acting. And so since I didn't have to memorize any lines, I just went there. And the cameras like zoom in on me, and like tears coming out of my eyes, and they yelled cut. And I was like, "Go to the bathroom, get your stuff together." And we, I, I, I only did that take once. I was and that's pretty much all I can share on the right now without giving too much away. Gotcha. All I can share. No, yeah, and dude, it's funny that you say did that take once because my mind immediately went to if someone sneezed and all of a sudden they're like, "All right, reset." Got to do it again. Yeah. Like I then all whatever coughs or some like intern drops a cup of coffee or something like that, and then you're like, "This is the eighth time, and I got to keep grinding to this." That to me would be like the 
I don't know, a, my weird fear or scenario where it's like, I don't know if I can keep bringing this. I don't know if I can keep finding that emotion because it's such a rare emotion. I feel like, especially for guys, I don't know if that's sexist to say, but it's very hard for men to get to the point where they're willing to cry in public and then to just yeah. repeat it on demand would almost seem not, not, not impossible. Nothing's impossible, but it would just, I, I don't know if it would be as good as authentic. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And yeah. I was gonna say this. I, I, let's just say I'm glad none of that happened. I, I actually just got to do that scene once. I mean, that we got, I got it in the first take, and I'm because I'm, I, 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 I don't like going back to that place in my life where I where I was yeah. depressed and all. I don't like going. Back. Yeah, right. I mean, like, yeah, who would? That's yeah, um, no, I definitely don't like going back to that. Dude, when you say first take, I forget. I want to say it was one minute, man. And so I'm 40, so I'm about I got a decade plus on you, right? But I think yeah. it was Missy Elliott and Jay-Z where Jay-Z starts the song and he's like, 50 grand, I get this in one take. And then like yeah. the dude, whatever, he raps and I guess he nailed it. I don't know if that was just for show or whatever. Yeah. But it, what when you said the one take thing, I wonder how much pride actors take in getting a scene nailed in one take. Like the affirmation of the director being like, fucking nailed it, moving on. It, it, it's a great feeling. I'll say it. it's a great feeling. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> it's a great feeling. I mean, we, we, we move on to the next. <laughs> That's almost self-explanatory, right? Yeah. 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 Dominique, man, you've given me um two hours of yeah. your time. And yeah. I don't want you to leave yet because I end my podcast with um a little segment. Okay. So, not to put you on the spot, but to put you on the spot. Do you right, know ahead. the last segment that all my podcasts end with? Hmm. You got me. I yeah, don't. You do not. By the way, my friend, you were the 92nd guest on the Getting to Know You pod, and only three people have come prepared. So, don't feel bad. Yeah. Shout out. And, and, I, and think about it. I actually did listen to a little bit of your podcast, like, before when we first hit me up, I actually listened to it so long ago, but I didn't get to the end of it. So just to make sure it wasn't a total sham, right? <laughs> oh no, that, that wasn't even it. I was just interested in like what, what you guys talk about. Yeah, right. The vibe of it. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it, it's honestly exactly what this has done, man. I've had um several people be like, "What's the outline? What do you want to do? What do you research?" And it's like, I don't know, man. I grew up bartending, so I feel yeah. I grew up waiting tables. Sometimes you know if the bar's slow, you just got to You meet people from all around. And um, yeah. you just get to know them. And I, I've, there's always been something that I've just really enjoyed teaching. Even I sit down next to a kid I don't know. I got to get them to open up and be vulnerable about their learning deficiencies and make them trust me real quick and then try to make them laugh a little bit, get them comfortable, get them talking to me about things. So it's – I just try to bring that vibe to the to the podcast. Um, but anyway, yeah. so <laughs> the podcast end, shout out Kristen, Jeej, and Eric. The only three so far who have come through. The okay. segment is this. Get ready to tell a cool little story about yourself. It can be about acting. It can be about whatever. What I'm asking for is your best first for last. We've saved the best first for last. Sponsored by Abstinence. Waiting makes it worthwhile. I'll give you that question. It kind of went up. <laughs> Best first for last. 
This first for last. Hmm. And not to leave you out there, because some people feel like, I don't know. I build it up like a lot of pressure, but it's real easy. Um, yeah. When I'm getting to know people, I always love hearing about the first time they do anything. And since this will be the last part of the podcast, I just made the section best first, first experience for the okay, last thing you. that we get to know about you, Dominique. Okay, I got you. Um, my best first, I'll probably say, first time I ever asked a girl out. Yes, I love these was, stories. <laughs> the first time I ever asked a girl out, I probably was in the seventh grade. And her name was, no, I'm not going to put her name out there. I'm not going to do that to her. Is she the one that um, you keep checking on Facebook? Nah, I, I, I haven't heard this really years. Um, I, I had everything planned out what I was going to say. I, I knew, I, I, I said, I'm going to go to school the next day. I'm going to, I'm going to look her in the eye and say, you know what? I'm feeling you. I like you. Would you ever want to go out with me sometimes? And I, I, I went out to school that next day. I saw her, I saw her in her locker. And I was like, I'm, I'm just going to say V. Her name starts with a B. I'm saying, like, hey, V, hey, v, how you doing? You look nice this morning. I like that, that that pin you got in your hair. It looks nice. And she was like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I was like, um, um, goodbye. <laughs> like, true story. I froze up. I just I told her, hey, how you doing? And froze up. But ironically, though, when we get to high school, she was my first kiss. Oh, no way. Ironically. And we weren't dating at all. I mean, it was, we were at this school, at this school dance. Cause it, it, at, at one point, my freshman year in high school, we always had like dances after every football, after every whole football game. Okay. And she, we danced together and got close. And next thing I know, after the dance is over, she plants one on me. Coming at you. What was the song? It took me by surprise. I'll say that. I bet. So I guess that's actually a first two, by the way. Yeah, no doubt, dude. I love it. Two for one. Do you do you remember the song that was playing? The song that was playing was an old song by T Pain called "Buy You a Drink." T Pain. Was he? Was that one of the? He wasn't in Goody Mob, was he? He wasn't. He was the one that sings with auto tune. Yes. Yes. All right. It was that song was playing with that that night. That was the song we danced to, and I, I, all I know, I sat down. She sits next to me. She lays her head on my shoulder. Oh. I look over. Next thing I know, she plants one on. True story. And like y'all. You're not having to say anything on the dance floor. Your body's just moving, saying it all. Yeah, I mean, or? I mean of course we're talking, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking in her ear, telling you, telling her like, I saw you at the game today, and all that, and stuff like that. I mean, just little, little small talk. Gotcha. And then like, well, I got, so I go over to sit down. I grab me something like some something to drink or whatever. They can have like water and punch or whatever there. Yeah. I grab me something to drink, and I sit down and like resting, like resting, like I'm, I'm, I'm done dancing for right now. Like I said, she 
We sit down. She just sits next to me, head on my shoulder. She's tired. She says she's tired. And I'm like, I guess she was coming. I guess she was coming on. I guess I should have read she was coming on to me. Yeah, right. Because like I said, we, we'd always kind of like learned and like, I guess, like each other, like since like seventh, eighth grade. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, if you're ironing but, her um, up at the lockers. Yeah. But um, like, it's a true story. I mean, like I said, we kissed, we kissed, and then I think we made, we dated like, Maybe like a couple of months after that, and then we broke up. And then the, I, I actually, like I said, we remained friends after. I would say that we remained friends after we broke up and all that. We just, it was a mutual thing. Yeah, right. Well, dude, like you date a couple months in high school. That's like that. That's like being married for fifteen years. That's definitely yeah. Dude, you make it two, three months in high school with somebody. That's, I mean, that's, it might be so. Well, honestly, even your standard high school relationship, I mean, but yeah, we were dating for like, I'll say like maybe two plus tops. And then, yeah. Like she, she eventually moved on. I moved on. And all that said, but we remain friends. I mean, I actually haven't seen her in a long time. I actually think she moved away. I actually haven't seen her since, since we graduated. So, but um, yeah, I mean, that, that was the first. Dude, that's actually, awesome. That, I, actually, I gave you two first. No, no doubt, man. You for, you crush it. I'm curious who asked who to dance. Like, like, how'd you I get actually, on the floor with her? I actually actually was mutual. I mean, we we first got each other. We got into the dance. I, from what I remember, I think I, we hugged and then just started vibing. And then we got on the dance floor, and then I, I was actually dancing with someone prior. She was dancing with somebody. Then you just you know how you swip swap and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's how it was. Gotcha. Okay, that's what I was wondering. I didn't know if it was just a bunch of y'all out there. And then all of a sudden, you just happen to be with someone because you make a move, you spin somewhere, and then you're like, oh, here we go. And then yeah. you're like in it with her. Oh, no. It, it, I don't think it was actually when I have this dance. It wasn't that full. Yeah, yeah, right. It, it, it was just like a whole bunch of people having a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of what I was picturing. Just one of those big groups. Man, those are the best. We don't do that yeah. enough. I don't know if like it's a liability thing with schools, but they don't do that enough with letting kids, giving yeah. kids that like space. Giving kids a purpose yeah. and a place, and it, it's a sense of community. To be honest with you, those are really cool dances. And all right, yeah. so this will be the last thing I ask, my friend. I'm sorry to all keep right, you ahead. so long, but I'm wondering. Right, fine. I, I, this is fun. Back to seventh grade, like were your boys watching, and did they clown you coming back, or like had you told anybody this is my plan so that oh, you no. had to like live up to it? Oh no, this was this was something that I. I did on my own. I mean, actually, this was like early in the morning. I mean, and <laughs> I was I was just getting off the bus, and I I had to like I kind of had to walk through, walk past her locker to get to my homeroom class. So it her, her locker was like literally right outside my homeroom class. I was like, perfect moment. She just got here. Yeah. She's looking exceptional. She's looking exceptional today. So I'm gonna just shoot my shot, and like I said, I froze up and just told her, "Hey, how you doing? You look good. The big match today." Then I just scared it, scared it off. Yeah. Do you like? Did she not? Did she not smile when you said something, or oh, what yeah, made she you smiled and all that? What, what made like, you freeze up? Honestly, I can't lie to you. I guess just. I guess I called it like immature nerves. I guess. <laughs> I'll say that just immature nerves. Fear of the unknown. Yeah, Were you more Let's worried? Let's just say it. I don't have that problem anymore. I'll say it. Uh, <laughs> that I'm I will say. It, it's an interesting, like, philosophical question where it's like, are you more scared if she says no or are you more scared if she says yes? I'm going to go a mixture of both. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, can I guess it? I guess if she said yes, it'd be like more like, oh, she actually said yes. I guess it'd be more shocked that she actually said yes. Right. All right. So, Dominique, for people who make it this long in the podcast, is there anything, and we can put whatever links and stuff in the description when it gets yeah. posted, but is there anything verbally that you want to plug, you want people to go to, to, to look up, to find out more about you or any projects? Uh, just pretty much, you can just follow my Instagram at um, DomiWoods12. Gotcha. You awesome. pretty much find anything you need. People find pretty much anything they need on there. Awesome. All right, Dominique, man, I really appreciate you giving me more than two hours of your time, yeah. man. Good luck. I'm so glad um, so I got much. to know you and I'm so glad stuff's going well for you in a time of COVID, like prospering in a time of COVID. That's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah. All right, I my friend. This, is, this, has been, this has been fun, man. This is probably one of the funnest interviews I've ever Yeah, I, I thank you for that. I appreciate it because it, it really is just a... It's almost like you going for those auditions, like the 99 rejections before you get the one. Yeah. It is really cool when you get to vibe with somebody and just kind of have a natural conversation and get to know more about what they're going through. And honestly, man, I really thank you for the insight um, yeah. for on acting and the process. I've never spoken to anyone who's actually trying from the ground up, yeah. has concrete or like steps that like how to do it. So, so to me, it was super insightful um, yeah. and and fun, man. Great stories. I appreciate yeah. it. Now, now, that was just my experience. Now, everybody else has different experiences. That was just yeah. my experience. No, yeah, of course, but it, it, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's super great insight to me for someone who's yeah, a was, teacher yeah. in Delaware. I'm hearing that, yeah. and I'm like, oh my god, dude, you can kind of make it in a place in Mississippi. You should be able to make it just yeah. about anywhere nowadays if you really got the you want can. to. Oh yeah, you you definitely can. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Dominique. Yeah. Thank you, man, so much. Right. Um, it was great getting right, to know you. It. Enjoy your night. All right. All right, you too. Appreciate the love. Bye. Thanks to Dominique for coming on the Getting to Know You pod and giving up so much of his valuable time. I personally, listener, enjoyed the insight and maybe geeked out a little too much about the process of becoming an actor. I thought Dominique was so open and honest about his journey. And to me, if I was someone who aspired to be a feature film star, I feel like my man laid out a great plan. So Dominique, thank you. And best to you going forward, my friend. Be sure to follow Dominique's social media, which is in the description, to support him. Thanks to Andre Psyche, no longer.com, for sponsoring the Getting to Know You pod. Message Andre Psyche on Instagram for some trippy-ass merch, songs, poetry, words, inspiration, or friendship. That's going to be worth checking out. If you have not already, friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The word of the pod is Cogsworth. Cogsworth is the word of the pod. Post that word on any of our social media or tag the Getting to Know You pod when you use it on yours and you can get a shout out on the very next pod. First person to do it. First person to get the shout out makes me kind of sad. Nobody makes it this long in the pod. It's amazing. Also, don't forget, 
subscribe, rate, and review the Getting to Know You pod on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. You can also go to our Patreon to support the Getting to Know You pod for as little as $2 a month if you've enjoyed getting to know this guest or any of our others. And finally, if you or someone you know would like to become a sponsor of or advertise on the Getting to Know You pod, we would love to partner with you. We have a wide-ranging global audience that would like to get to know more about your brand or business. How do you get on? Just message us. Arrivederci.